Feed me. Does, does it? Do I do the thing? Wake up! It's feeding time! There you go. There you go. All right, it is jobbing out. Episode number 60. I bet you don't have a football player lined up for that. Chuck Bednarik. Do you really wear number 60? I don't even know if that's true. I'm pretty sure he did. Holy. I, I honestly got is, it. Is no it Bednarik or Bednarik? I think it's Bednarik, but I'll still take yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. if you have any know yeah, no, off just... your head that... <laughs> Chuck Bednarik wore number 60. I'll give you a lot of credit for that because I had no clue. Now, if it turns out that you're wrong, I will maliciously make fun of you for it. Uh, he did definitely wear number 60. Booyah! Nice. Holy shit. Suck on that. Wow. Well done, sir. Well done. All right. Um, every good. Everything's good. Jobbing out. Episode number 60, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun, and Rolling Stone. And, of course, the main event. Vent. Vent. AJ Francis of the Seattle Seahawks. We got a lot to do this week. We got to recap payback. We got to talk about uh, who lost our bet. <clears throat> Aaron did. Aaron. Aaron. Aaron did. Aaron. And guess who won? Mm. The biggest no, as winner. it turned out, the Vaughn oh. Villains were supposed to win that match. Well, were they? Yeah. How do you know? Just reports have come out and well, said that. Okay. In the script yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would okay. have been real, well, bum, real bummer for you. It, it is a real, real bummer. bummer for you. Would, but you know what? To Un- unlike a certain person at the bar, I'm going to do it as opposed to a certain person who was like, I am not taking a stink face if that's the decision there. If that, that wasn't me. Not, that was AJ. That was, that was AJ. AJ that said uh, that. Well, how about this? Did, I didn't know at the time that I had already won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> I'm also protesting the fact I might have changed it if I knew that that was going to be on that uh, Ziggler Corbin was going to be on the pre-show. You know, challenging it. But no, I will take it like a man. Oh, I mean that's the way it works. I mean, you're the I hope hope so. So. when you lose, you do. You, it's well, he I'm says it like this. I'm, I'm just saying that took, there are some people here he who would it. not have taken it like he, a man. Um, <clears throat> AJ, he took. He took it like a man. <laughs> uh, I don't know why you would say such a terrible thing. So, so we will have because to because there's no evidence that supports that claim. And also, I don't lose. Wow! When all the stakes, except for the, the last, yeah, yeah, the last two. And, 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 and the stakes mattered most. Who won? <laughs> I mean, I guess technically you're right. When the stakes mattered the absolute most, uh, for who won? Sakes. You know, right. he's he's like an intercontinental champion. He loses all the non-title matches, yeah, no, but when the title's match, on the yeah, line. All right, so we'll have to get a stink face in before we get out of here today. Also coming up later on the program, a couple of great guests this week. Uh, one, Jeff Jarrett is going to join the program as Global Force Wrestling will be coming to our area where we are on May 13th. That's a week from this Friday uh, for an event at the MCW Arena in Joppa, and it's called Collision Course where wrestlers from the MCW will be taking on uh, Global Force Wrestlers. It's going to be a really cool night. We'll talk to uh, Double J about that a little bit later on in the program. Also this week, we're going to chat with Matt Riddle, the former UFC fighter who is now with Evolve Wrestling. And we are headed out there on Friday night. He's going to be pretty high on the card this weekend. I believe, yes. (laughs) Definitely will. Absolutely. We weeded out all the bad interviews to get to Matt Riddle. All right, a lot to get to in our first segment this week because we have so much in terms of guests going on a little bit later on. Let's start with uh, recapping Payback and what happened on Monday night. And I think you have to start with what was very unfortunate about the show and what, I mean, but a lot of people very concerned, and that was, of course, the injury to Enzo Amore. Um, I, you know what? At the end of the day, it was a great show. Fantastic. It was a really great show. Oh, oh Roman had another great <laughs> Who would have ever guessed that Roman Reigns <laughs> would have another great and, main event? And fairly labeled by some as a match of the year candidate. I don't. I think it was the second best match on the card, 
but you had what legitimately could be argued as the match of the year earlier in the card with uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I, I mean, agree. it was it was a really really good match between Roman Reigns and AJ Styles. And look, I I don't want to do this. I don't want to I don't want to do this with you. I just don't I can't. I don't have it in me. I actually I've talked to multiple people who told me this week that Roman actually was not good in the match and AJ Styles carried him. And that uh, he's been carried in every single main event he's been in for the last AJ, year. Are you are you surprised that people are saying that to you? Am I surprised there's idiots in the world? No. I mean, the one thing I'll say about the main event, you know, it was a little bit unfortunate that the stars of the match were Shane and Stephanie. But yeah, that, I mean, that, if, if I'm nitpicking here, but what? it was a good it was a good match. You took the from that match the the stars of it the were purpose Shane. of the match. If, if you look at it, like what was the purpose of the match? It was to get over Shane and Stephanie as sharing the GM role. Like that was the purpose of the match. It really was. Okay, that doesn't make them the stars of the match. Fine, you're right. You're right. Stars is I'm not right. the Thank correct you. word, but the purpose of the match was to get over Shane and Stephanie and their co-GM role. Like that was the overall purpose of the match. I'm yeah. pretty sure also the title being on the line was kind of the purpose. Well, I mean, well, but is... it ended up, you know, a one out of three falls match. Okay, but uh, hang on a second. I actually don't have a problem. A lot of people have mentioned that. I don't have any problem with the way that it was booked. I actually think that it was fine. I, I think again, it was I think fine. It, yeah. I think it accomplished multiple things. Yeah. I think that both guys end up looking I, strong in the process. Here, yeah. Like, if, if we're talking about it, as well, yeah, but I like the nitpick, and I think this is uber nitpicky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I think that this was the performers in the match were great. Yes. The storytelling was great. Yes. Everything worked. Everything was logical. Oh, Roman had a good match. <laughs> going to keep doing this. AJ Warren, he might do this the entire show. Uh, entire show, you mean his entire life? Yeah, that's actually a fact. So, kind of like you nitpicking. The first, right. the first fall made sense. The first fall where AJ, you know, dives back in because he doesn't want to get counted out. He doesn't want to lose. It's a way to win. It's totally logical. Why would Roman feel the need to get back in? You can just... You know, take the 10 count, protect the title, and that's the end of it. All of that makes sense. I've, like, I've heard people ask, why didn't AJ roll out? Well, my answer to that, he's used to the 20 count out in Japan. He just didn't know. Well, also, he rolled in at, at 10. Nine. Right, I mean, exactly. like, there was no time for him right. to get in and roll back. I mean, yeah. really? Right. Like, there was just no time for him to do that. Yep. It, it was a logically told story. It, mm-hmm. it worked. It made sense. All that's good. Um, you Unless know, you're an annoying mark that is a pain in the ass. Yeah. I hear you. The second fall... You know, the second fall maybe was less necessary, like it wasn't, but whatever, I get it, you've clearly, you've drawn it up one way, and now you want to draw it up another way. I think if there's disappointment, it's because maybe there were people like, you know, me, who were hoping that this was going to end with Roman jumping ship and joining Gallows and That's Anderson. And, this whole thing really was think, made as a setup for Extreme Rules, I really and there's nothing wrong with that. that is the plan, for like, the way that... AJ came out on Raw and said, mm-hmm. I won't need them on... You know they're coming out in the match. Of course they are. Right. And because of that, I think it builds perfectly to the Roman Reigns Bullet Club. It, Except for the awkwardness of... Is it going to turn into five-on-one? Is it literally going to be... Because they, now the Usos... Reigns and the Usos are and going the Bullet every, Club right. against AJ. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong I mean, with that if you go that also route. No, it's also wrestling. There, there could be a way for Roman to just sort of dismiss the Usos. The Usos. To, yeah, Usos okay. just fade away. They don't, yeah. doesn't even really need yeah. to. Yeah, that's possible. Need. You only have three weeks, though. Is the only here's, the here's, issue that you have this I time. Mean, here's been the great thing about the main event on both Payback and Raw. What was the thing that you were complaining about about two weeks ago? The question purpose. that we never. Yeah. Purpose. The, yeah. Why do I? Why next? do I keep watching? Why do exactly. Keep, we are getting that. No, oh, yeah. We have no idea what's next, and we want to know what's next with that's, this. It's such a small thing, and I'm getting it right now. It's it's working well. Now, part of that comes from having. Full-time performers, you know what I mean? Which is, it's, it's a nice thing to have when guys that are going to be there every week show up on the card. Um, now I'm sure that that's more for me and that there's a lot of people that didn't bother to watch payback because there was no Brock Lesnar and there was no Triple H and there was no 
insert name here. But I like the idea that each week I've got something to keep tuning back in for because I don't know where we're headed. I don't know what the next direction is, and I like that. That's the smallest thing that I can ask for as a professional wrestling fan. And I'm getting that along with really good matches. Yep. Fantastic matches. I'm getting really On good Raw matches. and payback. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Everything was really good. Look, I, am I, do we need 25 minutes of Vince and Sh- or of, of Shane and Stephanie at the beginning of the show? No, we don't really need like that's that. The wor- right now, that is the worst part of the show, and it's not terrible. It's not the end of the world because it is serving a purpose in the process, but could you clean that up and give me more wrestling and make it good? Yeah, I mean, you could, and I think that you could still accomplish the things you want to accomplish with Shane and Stephanie, and I think that works. I think there's a crutch right now of feeling as though Shane and Stephanie have to carry the card because you're missing all of the part-timers, you're missing all of the stars that you're missing, and I think the reluctance is, and again, I'm selling this as a guy that wants to watch wrestling, whereas a lot of people that watch wrestling don't really want to watch wrestling. They want... Bitch. Yeah, well, they want stars. They want... You know what they want. Um, the wrestling's good enough right now that you don't need that crutch. The, the wrestling and storytelling are good enough at the moment that you don't have to fall back on, we better sell, 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 McMahon, McMahon, McMahon. You don't necessarily need to do that. I understand why they feel that way because of the lack of star, you know, big-name stars they and have. I'm sure part of it is USA telling them that. I have no doubt that part of it's USA and telling them that. But you don't need to right now because the quality that you're getting otherwise is is really good. It's been a really good month since WrestleMania, and everybody's happy. And remarkably, the performance that those guys gave after Enzo got hurt. Oh, yeah. Is, it, it, it's unbelievable that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were able to or walk out after that. Yeah. And to deliver what they delivered, knowing what must have been going on with the entire locker room. I mean, clearly they knew that he had been responsive to some, you know, like, it, if, if they thought the guy was dead, it would probably be more difficult for them to Absolutely. go out and perform. The fact that they at least know, okay, he's, he's, He's responsive. There's something there. But, but at the same time, they are still wondering yeah, how is bad he paralyzed? is. Yeah. Is he right? There's still a lot of – and to go out and perform the way they performed and and work, I, boy. You know, I'm, yep. I'm glad I was not in that spot because I don't think I'd be able to do it. And I, all those guys were, were tremendous. I mean, it was just a damn – it was a tremendous show. It yep. was a tremendous show on Sunday night. Every match. Correct. Correct. I mean, Jericho and Dean were great. Uh, the women's match was, you know, look, you want to bitch about, you know, you, you basically sold a women's match as being Rick and Brett and the screw job and all that. I understand. The match it, was it, still fantastic. The match was good. Yes. It got us Charles Robinson WCW highlights. Right. I'm not going to yeah, complain I, about that. I like, hear that's you. awesome. I, I, look, I, no, no, the screw job finish is tired. It's old. Under this circumstances, I'll give it a pass, though, that it's Charles Robinson, that it's Bret Hart there, and it led to Bret Hart putting a sharpshooter on Ric Flair. Right, and I understand that that's very likable. I think that maybe I would have preferred that on Raw, right? Yeah. Like, I think that that would have been my... I don't disagree. My answer would be, do the match on Sunday night, and then on Raw, have the fun sharpshooter moment, right? Like, that would be what I would say. But it doesn't take away from it was a good match. But I think think it it makes more sense for that match to be three weeks later at a pay-per-view if... Because you can't have Natalia win that match. Payback payback served as a build to Extreme Rules, and that's fine. But a functional build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying there's a It doesn't feel right now like we're just doing everything again for the sake of doing it again. It feels more like this is the logical. Everything has to happen. Yeah, it's a logical next step for all of these rivalries to continue. The one, you know, like Dean and Jericho, you didn't really think you needed any more of. And Jericho went. Right, on Monday night. Massive heel Jericho, which we all So, so yeah. what, what, what's the match going to be? Just you, lots of plants around oh, I mean, the it ring? Has to and, be, right? you know, yeah, like lots a, of plants. R, it's the R.I.P. Mitch, you know, <laughs> Mitch show or the match or something oh, like that. Buried alive. 
Why? Oh, because, because they of the dirt. Mitch. My bad. My <laughs> bad. All right. Thank you. The I'm the idiot. I'm already admitting that. <laughs> I'm already admitting I'm the idiot, but I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, no, I, I, I've got. Look, I'm. You know me. That and we haven't even touched on the best part of Raw. The fact that the vaude villains got heat. That that was good. Was that, awesome too. Yeah. I, oh, I, you about to can, can I talk on. about that first? Hold on. Let me say mine. Yeah. The best, absolute best part of Raw. Uh huh. Because it, it is one of my favorite wrestlers got a win on Raw. Oh, Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze. Yeah. yeah. Tyler Breeze, Tyler Breeze won, won a match on Raw. Yeah. yeah. Right. It, it's been a while. It's That's been a while. Huge. The gorgeous truth. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. It is the Our greatest thing. The, that was such an attitude era segment, and it was great. It's perfect. Yeah. It's wonderful. And our truth should be on Raw every week because our truth is wonderful. He's wonderful. He's a fucking delight, and I hate everyone that doesn't understand that. <laughs> what, what did you think of Van Dang Goldust? I mean, it was over <laughs> the top. But you know what? That's fine. Yep. That's what you want from that yep. segment. Exactly. You want absurdity. Yep. It's okay to have that be part of your card. Yes. It's okay. Don't you be afraid that. of that. You don't need three hours of seriousness. Dude, you got three hours. You can include that, and no one is better at it than our truth. No one. No one. Period. Yep. No one. Uh, look, God bless Santino. I think he worked his ass off for the company. I think that he was very good. No one has ever been better in this role than our truth is. Our truth brought a ladder. Correct. All of the a absurdities that he has to into offer. Into the Royal Rumble. Get him involved with Extreme Rules, and imagine how much fun you can have with it. Yeah. yeah. Whatever match you make, you can do. Make a dumb singles pre-show match. Fine. Absolutely. <laughs> I love the idea. I don't remember who said it on Sunday, but I love the idea of having him come out with a fake briefcase. That was me. <laughs> yeah, it's a tremendous idea. <laughs> yeah. It's a, such an awesome idea to have in a, in a scenario where like Roman's standing in the ring cutting a promo and all of a sudden <laughs> you hear our truth, truth and, and he comes down. And, and he says like, I got this on sale at WWE. I mean, like, I guess you can he doesn't even have to. Like, you, all you have to do it is could, have. Him, it literally doesn't even have to be a money in the bank. It could, you could come down, could down with a brown, a brown, right? And he just says, "I'm cashing it in," right? And like, have everybody in the ring. It'd be so perfect for one of these opening McMahon segments that you AJ and uh, Roman are having a stare down with like the Bullet Club and the Usos, and they. I, I don't even think it has to be that because like it's just the absurdity of it. You could just right. have uh, yeah. Shane, Stephanie, Roman, and AJ all in the same ring. Hashing it out, like whatever kind of match they're going to have. This has to be just for his facial expression. Yeah, I mean, that would be good, too. But then you just have R-Truth in the middle of all of it, out of nowhere, run down and hand a briefcase over and say, I'm ready for my my championship match. I'm cashing in. It's perfect. It's everything you could ask for as a wrestling fan. R-Truth is wrestling. I hate everyone that does not understand that. He is wrestling. And that was just magic. It was pure magic on Monday night, man. Like, I, I, I love, dude, I at heart love wrestling. I really love wrestling. And when it's good, you can get mad at, as mad at me as you want, AJ, because when I do bitch about things, but when it's good, I can't be happier. And we sat around, I got to hang out with my friends on Sunday night, watch wrestling. I wouldn't say we're friends. Well, I mean, people that tolerate me. Uh, <laughs> I got to do that. You and got to was, drink and I got wrestling. to drink. I got to eat delicious pesto at uh, Jimmy's Famous. And congratulations on my winning bar of the year. Um, I got to uh, watch Raw and see great wrestling. I, this is what I ask for in my But I did have to. The only small nitpicking has nothing to do with them. I had to, because uh, there was a lightning uh, in the area on Monday night. And I have the satellite TV, oh, so okay, I had to I go. I, well, I have to record the non-HD version mm. so that I can I don't lose anything because Brutal. the HD version is going to get knocked out. So I did have to watch half the show in non-HD, and that in standard def, it is. It, <laughs> well, it's like fault. living in a different it's world. Your own fault for having a satellite. AJ, if you knew where I live, yeah, you'd he, understand. He doesn't have a choice. There's not an alternative. <laughs> 
There is no cable available for me where I live. There's one option. Get the satellite Nobody dish. Nobody told you to live on a farm. Bro, well, you? I mean, well, my well wife. his wife. Yeah. Well, his <laughs> wife. And my wife. Your wife his wife wears the pants. Right. That's the way it works. Um, anything else we need to well, I, I do want to say, um, what happened to Enzo was terrible. Um, it's really bad. We have seen Cass work as a singles wrestler before in NXT. I think he can do it. I think they'll, you know, protect him a lot. And Enzo could write all of his promos. And Enzo, you know. Exactly. Like, like, like I, think, I think that people who are saying this is the end of the world for him, probably not. Um, however, now that we know that Enzo is at least relatively okay, looking at it, best thing that might have ever happened to the Vaude villains. Being able to come out and drop those lines. Right. Well, they, I, I thought they were great on Monday. I thought they were tremendous. Like, well, they're just great in general. Well, yeah, okay, fine. But, but and, they haven't been showing well, that on the main roster so yeah, far. So like, far, they've they been kind of neutered on the main roster, yeah. right? Like, they haven't really been given the opportunity. On Monday night, they were really allowed to be villains. Yep. Like, that's it's half their name. Yep. Like, yes, they're old-timey. I get that. That's the VOD. But they're villains. That's what they're supposed to be. And on Monday, they were really real alone. men stand up. And, and she, when he yeah. said that, I in my I was watching it on my couch. I said, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Did he just say that? The realest you guy know, in the emergency room. That wow. yeah. was wonderful. Yeah. Wow. And they were in an awkward position where they were heels. They were supposed to be heels, but you know, fans still kind of liked them. They came from NXT. You know, they had the campiness. This is what they might need to get a true push as heels. And so while obviously you don't want it to happen to Enzo, when all is said and done, it could be the best thing that could have possibly happened to the Vaudevillains. A lot of people talked about when Enzo got hurt in NXT and, and how much it helped Cass in yep. the process. And I, 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 I certainly understand the argument here, which is that Cass is great and does sometimes get swallowed up a little bit by the fact that we're talking about Enzo, who's just maybe the best performer, you know, like in, on mic on, in the world. Uh, by the way, our food's I here, agree. so I gotta duck out and you guys can keep talking. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we saw him with Aiden English have that singles run, and, you know, the question is, do, what do they exactly want to do? It, it obviously also depends on how long Enzo is out. My guess is at least a month or two, probably like a Dolph Ziggler concussion situation see, where he see, was my, out. my biggest thing with all of this is the fact that this might be worse for Enzo than people think, because I don't know if anybody's noticed. Enzo says it all the time, but people may have not noticed. Cal, Colin Cassidy is seven foot tall. Can you teach that? You cannot teach that. And because you can't, I think Vince knows you can't teach that. And if Enzo's out two months, three v- months... Vince might get the idea of just putting Cass on a singles run? I mean, Cass is everything. He's not. He's good on the mic. He's seven foot tall. He can work. He's everything that people expect Titus O'Neil to be and more. He's a younger Titus O'Neil, yeah. And Titus was getting a pretty well, big push before he got. And I would say his out. his overall in ring ability is greater than Titus's. Absolutely, Titus's offense is you know is awesome, right? But as a a, a full match performer, I would take he's better, Cass. He's better in on the ring. Uh, yep. in the ring, he's better on the mic. Yep, and he's bigger. I, look, I think there's these n- are three things that Vince. Yes, loves. I think there's nothing not to like about Cass, and I would agree. I would not me- if if Enzo's going to be out for a while, and I don't know what we're talking about with a while. If it's less than three months, you're definitely not screwing with it. Even if it's six months, which for a concussion, that I don't, would be a lot. But, would be a lot, but, but it's happened. It's yeah, happened. It's happened. Um, even if it's that long, I still wouldn't. I would continue to have Cass work as this. As this performer, you have the ability likely for Enzo to be involved in some way on occasion. Then yeah. there's no reason that, you know. He can't be a manager. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I would continue to go Bring around. Bring up Carmella if you want. 
Absolutely bring up Carmelo. I mean, that make all the sense in the world to have Carmelo involved. This, this is even I, though I don't know if it would because Car. Did you, hold on, did you guys see the match between on NXT? I haven't watched this week. Oh, uh, it was last week. Sorry. Last week, Carmella and Aaliyah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really good. Absolutely, match. absolutely. Carmella's filling a void right now that yeah. from all the girls that left. Have left. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's not just Bailey and Oscar that can put on fantastic. Right, yeah, there's other performers here, yeah. Right. And Carmella's showing that she can do it, and I think it's going to benefit everybody in NXT. So I don't know if she should come. Oh, I'm not, I'm not but necessarily. I understand yeah. if she did. Right, right. I hear what you're saying. Uh, a couple of real quick thoughts. Oh, on... now we also forgot one big part of Raw that was awesome too. Emma won a match. Yeah, Emma. evil Emma. Evil you know Emma what though? Is I, I'm, I'm going to say this. She needs to to show more evil. Like after the yeah. match. She, if you're really going to sell the evil Emma character, then you need to be more aggressive after the match is over. Even after you won, like be a, you know, be a bitch. You know what I mean? Like I, be, I, a, be a bitch. Yes, I don't know about like if you're saying aggressive, like beat her up after the match. I, I don't mean, think it doesn't but, but have be to a, be that way. But be a bitch. Be a bitch. Definitely yeah. sell the I have contempt right, right. for everybody. I'm, who I am evil. Pure. I like evil Emma. I want more evil Emma. But make evil Emma. Evil, more, like, more, like more than pure, just a change in music not, and, and sunglasses. Wearing, exactly. Make you it, guys watch her matches when she stands on bitches' hair. Yeah, but after the match, That's she's just evil. sort of standing there. That's kind of evil. I hear you, but after the match is over, she was just sort of standing there. I mean, like there was I, no been, selling after I've the match is over. I've been, I've said over the past year that Emma has been the most underrated performer in WWE. I like Emma a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm all, I'm on board with evil Emma, but I want it to be purely yep. evil Emma. Like yep. I want it to be a true heel character, not a. The character right now comes off as like the character that we're supposed to like because we like Emma, we like evil Emma. I, I want it to be absolute evil, like the whole, all the way in. The whole kid kaboom. Yeah, yeah, with that character. All right, so that's uh, everything from Raw and Payback. Uh, there's one other big story this week we need to touch on, and that's the guy that was there at Payback on the pre-show. The pre-show stopper. And then was asked to be removed from television and had his wish granted and then went online and uh, made some interesting comments. And that, of course, is Ryback. And some very valid points. Uh, no doubt there's valid validity to a lot of what he says. So Ryan Reeves, or Ryback, if you will, does has his match against Kalisto on Sunday night, loses on the pre-show, and then and then he and he was feeling himself a little bit, clearly, on Sunday night between the pre-show stop of pants and the CM, CM Punk. Punk entrance. Yeah. But, but that's the best. Like when he does the trolley entry. Remember when he oh, walked out gonna... and, and did the the keyboard after yeah, this, he did all those tweets. This is a Gwen Stefani situation. He's gonna go and make me like him. Like he's gonna <laughs> go and you know, like all of a sudden I'm gonna wake up one day and be like, oh my god, I like Ryback. What the fuck happened here? Because uh, I am and not. I, I will say when I got opportunity to go backstage with Tori, Ryback, even though I never liked his character and I never understood why he was so over when he was over, he was so over, dude. I remember. So over. I, I never understood it. He's, he's still he, over to yeah. that. But uh, he was one of the nicest guys that I met when I was backstage, too. He was so nice. Him, Randy Orton, were two of the nicest guys that I met. That's funny because I don't think a lot of people would say that about I, Randy Orton. I know. That's, yeah. and that's the same thing Aaron said when I told him that. But they were two of the nicest guys I met when I was backstage. And f- because of that, I'll always have respect for him, even – you know, in times like Dude, just because somebody isn't my guy doesn't mean that I don't think they're a, you know a, a good athlete or a good performer. Oh no, no, I'm just, just saying the Ryback like, character. I have thought has been utterly useless. I liked when they were going Ryback rules, and he was going to be just a bully, and I really liked that idea. Mm-hmm. But then they didn't do anything with it. Yeah. So he asks to be removed from TV until 
a new contract can be worked out between he and the WWE. He says in this post that he put up on his own personal blog that the, essentially they've got an agreement, right? Like they, that's essentially what he, he lined it up is that you know we we know what it's going to be. There's just a couple of things that we have to work out. But then he dives into a topic about the the business of professional wrestling, and it's fascinating. And it's it's essentially a call to unionize without really being a call to unionize yet. It is essentially to say, I don't understand why wins and losses end up affecting how much money I make because I'm an actor. And as an actor, I don't have any uh, power whatsoever over whether or not I win or lose. I wrestle the same amount of shows. Sometimes I wrestle longer matches than the main event. Right, correct. Um, he referenced his record in pay-per-view matches over the years, and he's lost two out. He's he's lost sixty-six percent of his pay-per-view matches in his career. Um, so it could be part about him. It could be the WWE just uh, there's something about Ryback they don't have faith in him, or it could just literally be that's the way they choose to use him. I don't know, but we all know that this exists. Now, when he said that, I was I'm kind of confused. Is he saying that? When you win more, you're more towards the upper part of the card, and so you get paid more? Or is he literally saying, if me and you go out and have a match that night, for that night, that, if that, you win, that guy you get makes paid more. more? No, that's not what he's no, saying. No, that's okay. not what he's he, Basically, what he's saying is the company can choose who wins, who loses, who's the upper part of the card. So, why aren't, so, you know, just because you choose someone's in the main event, why does he deserve more money than the guy you choose to be in the mid card? Is what he's saying. Okay. And his argument is look, I get it. There's always going to be main eventers. There's always going to be guys that's popular. That's what merch is for. You make your money. If you're that popular, if you're that well-liked, then you're going to make up the difference in merch, right? Like you're going to sell more merch. You're going to sell more shirts, all that, and that's how you make up the difference. But we're all out here working. We're all out here doing the same work. Nobody is necessarily – there's no way to definitively prove that one guy is better than another guy because – you're not having actual matches. It's not like the UFC where you get to go out and decide mm-hmm. which guy is better than the other guy. We're all doing a certain amount of work, and then someone else is choosing who they like more than they like somebody else, and then they're paying them more. So for that person, and so we're getting to unionizing, right? Like for that person, it's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a good thing. But if you're not the guy they choose, despite the fact that you might be the best performer there is, you're not going to make as much money. And that's where he's calling for a union. AJ, you're in a union. You know what I mean? I've chosen not to join the union, but it's certainly something that I've considered uh, over the years and would probably serve me quite well. I'm a pro-union guy, for the record. Like I think that unions are very good. Um, I think that professional wrestling has avoided unions overwhelmingly, and that's been a very good thing for the business of professional wrestling to avoid a union. But... I think what he's referring to is understandable that the argument would be for the majority of professional wrestlers, that type of arrangement would be good. But for the main event for, guys, for the, they would want nothing to do with it. For the minority of guys that are at the top. This is like the, I feel like I'm having a Bernie Sanders argument, right? Like, we gotta break up the big, the big professional wrestlers. Um, the one percent of The one percent of professional wrestlers are getting, like, I feel like I'm doing a Bernie Sanders bit right now, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. th- for that percentage of guys that are at the top, they're like, yo, John Cena doesn't want to be a part of a union. Yeah. It only serves to hurt him in his mind. Now, and a union person would argue back, no, it makes everyone more valuable, including you. If we're in a union, you're part of a more valuable business, you're part of a better, and you'll stand the benefit. These are the, these are the, Top 10 highest earning wrestlers of 2015. Okay. 
Number one, guess. Brock Lesnar. No. John Cena. John Cena. Nine, okay. Nine Wait, does this include merchandise? Uh, if it's nine, then yes, it includes it's merchandise. Mer- oh, okay. merchandise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 9.5 million. Brock Lesnar, number two. Okay. Six million. Okay. Number three, big drop off. Triple H. This includes his, his executive. CEO. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. 2.8 million. Okay. Can you turn AJ up a little bit, by the way? I don't know. All of a sudden, it sounds like uh, his gain, probably. 2.8 million. Randy Orton, number four. 2.7 million. Okay. Yeah. Seth Rollins. Okay. 2.4. I'm actually a little surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised. I thought thought Big Show would be ahead of Seth Rollins just because of how long he's been. Right. That you would think that that would serve to to sell more merchandise that a guy's been around a long time. 2.4 million, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Number six, Roman Reigns. I'm surprised The Undertaker hasn't shown up on this list either, by the way. Undertaker, number seven. Okay, there you go. 2.0 million. See, Big surprised. Show, number eight, 1.5 yeah. million. Kane's got to be coming up. Kane, number yeah. nine, 1.3 million. Because you just, every million. time you, ex- you, know, you increase the contract, you're not going to go down on the right. contract. Like, and that's why I'm surprised Reigns and, and Rollins number is up there. They have is time to negotiate that. Dean Ambrose, 1.1 million. See, I'm surprised. Well, maybe they right. still sold some Shield merchandise. Well, yeah, you know, no, I mean, like, I'm sure the merchandise, I'm surprised that it was that much that it, uh, that it would put them in that high. But, yeah, I mean. I mean, not really. But, okay. those, those two guys have pretty much been in almost every main event. I, for well, here's, here's the, I'm surprised that their con- I'm surprised that their contract has come up to renegotiate to get right. that high. Is, is what I'm saying, basically. But that also includes merch and. But like, even if you have like you have bonuses in the and contract, you get paid where, more to go out and do right, certain PR right, appearances, yeah, 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 yeah. things like that. Yeah. You mean like that? that I mean, I'm not exists. stunned. I'm a little surprised. That's all. I'm no, saying. I hear you. Yeah. Sorry, I almost choked on a sweet potato front. Now, here's here's the question and what the other side would present here is that, you know, this isn't unique to wrestling that a scripted situation leads to people making Act- more money. Actors on a movie get you paid know, different amount of money. Robert Downey Jr., for, for Avengers 2, Robert Downey Jr. made $40 million. Chris Evans, Captain America, made $6 million. Right. Like, right. they had the same amount of screen time. They basically were the co-stars. Yet there's a huge difference there. So it was so important unique. to Disney to have Robert Downey Jr. Right. play Iron Man that they're willing to spend $40 million. That's Correct. what it costs to get him to, to play that. Whereas to Chris Evans, they say, kind of no offense, we could probably find somebody else to be Cap. Like, <laughs> mm, I mean, it's just the way it is. Like, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. has been so perfect as Iron Man. Yeah, that he's you've been the actual living, breathing Tony embodiment yes. of Tony Stark. Correct. Yes. It's the most perfect casting in the history of yes. movies. And so they can't have somebody Other else than step maybe in. Mickey Rourke as the wrestler. All right, well, that was pretty good. But this movie matters more. Yes. I mean, no offense to Mickey Rourke and the wrestler. A little bit. More. Um, but I get it. That's the way it works. Yes. So you say to Chris Evans, "Dude, love you, but you're going to take this amount, or we're just going to find." You know, you know how many Hulks we've had. You know how many different Hulks we've gone through over the years. We're, we're willing we, to tell. We, we dropped Ed Norton because he wanted too much money. Yeah. We don't care. We don't care how much money you think you're worth. We'll have. We'll have a Hemsworth brother take your spot. Yeah, yeah right? There's another yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely. We'll go get him. That's the way it'll work, right? You have to know there are two, right? Like, we only have one of them. The other one's out there and available. We'll just go fi- find that guy, and he's hired. He's not busy sleeping with Miley Cyrus at the moment. I don't I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, I think it is. So, so I get it. Now, however, TV shows regularly have the entire cast go in together. Yes. No matter what it is. I think famously Friends, Friends was the first yep. one that had a demand for the entire main cast of the show. I think in more recent years we've seen shows like The Office with even a bigger cast of the show. And Big Bang Theory. They've all agreed to go in together, despite the fact that you can make an argument that on certain shows, like obviously you think Jim Parsons is the breakout star of yeah. Big Bang Theory, but yet the entire cast has gone in together to say, this is what it costs to get us. You're not breaking us up. You're not going to give one of us a certain amount of money and one of us let. You want us. We all get paid this amount of money per episode. Famously, 
Uh, they couldn't accomplish that with two and a half men, right? Like, they couldn't get Charlie Sheen and, and uh, what's his face, John Cryer, to yeah. work together on that. Like, Charlie Sheen's like, no, I'm going to make more money. That's just I'm the way Charlie it goes. Sheen. What are you talking I'm about? Charlie, Charlie Sheen. fucking Sheen. And then they walk, uh, yep. walked in and said, you know what's weird? Ashton Kutcher's available. We'll just go hire him. <laughs> and the so, show was still good. I didn't really watch it. At, I at, thought it was, it's still really funny. Well, Ashton Kutcher's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, let's just call it like it is. Ashton Kutcher, I can do it. I have not watched The Ranch, but I'm told I need to. It's the Netflix show he's doing with Danny Masterson. Oh, yeah, okay. By the way, I got 10 episodes in the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. (laughs) Oh, so good. Titus is everything. He really is. He's really everything. Um, Anyway, so I get, like, there's two ways of looking at all of this. I don't think he's necessarily wrong that unionizing would be good for Ryback and would be good for Enzo Amore and would be good for the Vaudevillains and would be good for everybody else on the lower end of the card. Ryback and below, it's probably very good for them. Above Ryback, they're not going to feel the same way. It's a question of can you convince those guys that it's worth walking away and in the process, in the, look, right now it's just Ryback, right? It's not like Ryback and six other guys that are standing with him. Cameron apparently is standing with him. But Cameron? Yeah. Really? She's she, not even she, the good I mean, right? she, she, she tweeted with, she's like, oh yeah, you're right, Ryback. I mean, she's not even. Maybe she's he's, the second he, best. Yeah, he down. might want to say back yeah. to Cameron, "Hey, maybe you should be on the other side of this argument." <laughs> I don't, I don't know you. that I, I don't know that I need you it's, to be it's, my. It's interesting. Remember our uh, interview with Magnus last year? He was pro union, but he was pro because he thought guys were coming in and taking too little money, taking right. those spots. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see this flip side of it, where he's like, and he, he didn't mention union once, even though he's basically no. But that's saying, what he's saying. Yes, right. exactly. I think we all know what he's saying but, without um, using the term. It's, it's interesting to see the other side of it now after Magnus was so I, I think I think Ryback actually is showing how smart he is because I think if you use the word union, now you're drawing a line in the sand. Either you're oh, with yeah. me or you're not with me to the entire locker and, and and you say union publicly and you're not coming back. Well, yeah, you're not coming back. But I also think that it really hurts you in the locker room. I really think there's a, a group of people in the locker room who are scared of that. And say, dude, you can't put me, you're not putting me in a situation where I'm either with you or I'm not, right? It's why in football we never see a player speak negatively about another player, right? You're all brothers in the union. Mm -hmm. You all work together. You ain't coming out. I don't care how many times a guy gets busted. I don't care how many times a guy is a a complete dumbass. You're not going to come out and say anything about him because you're, he's one of you. He's with you in that union. You work together whether you're on the same team or not. So you ain't coming out and saying shit. Even if you feel a certain way, because that's the way it goes. And I get And that. the only thing you would say is in defense of that player. Correct. Exactly right. The only thing you would ever say is. Like, I, we, two weeks ago, what did we talk about? I can't believe that the Flategate is still a thing. Yeah, absolutely. You, but you, you only will do things to say, I support the guy that's in my union. Like, I'm, I'm, I support players because I'm a player in the same way that people in my business should support radio, uh, personalities because we're all radio. We just, yeah, Not but radio is dying. Yeah, radio is dying. You're right about that. That's why we're doing a podcast. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. Like, this is the way that it works. And it's very much a line in the sand. If, if a player came out, AJ, and spoke against a player and their contract or something like that, they'd be ostracized. You would absolutely. People killed Michael Bennett for talking shit about Ryan Fuck Tannehill's right they contract. did. And, and if you, here's another thing that would happen. If you agreed, and you're not in this position, obviously, but, but if you were Russell Wilson uh-huh. and you said, oh, dude, we don't need to be making this much money. Like, I, 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 should, be, I should be making less. Dude, you would be completely, like, you would walk yeah. into a locker room. I would that, hate him. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you would not, you could, you could, and you've talked openly about how much you like Russell Wilson. Yeah. You would not be able to look at him if he I walked would, back in the locker room. If he went day. out and said, we should, we should give some of this money back. Right, correct. I'd be, be like, like uh, go, 
Yeah, yeah. Right? So why don't you get some? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely right. So it's that's the situation that you have with you. It's a very line in the sand type of mentality, and it's why he can't use the word yep. union because then it becomes you know you versus me. It becomes a lot of that stuff, so he can't say the word. But we all know what he's referring to, and I yep. I, I don't disagree with him necessarily. I just think the problem is we're so far into professional wrestling without unions that it would be very difficult for him. He would have to convince an entire locker room to be willing to walk out at the same time. And and then there's this logic, is it a wrestling union? Is it a right WWE at, union? Right. Is it a... Right. Yeah. Do I yeah. think John Cena could... Could can, get everyone on could board? Could get yes. literally everyone in the locker room to join the union? Absolutely. Probably. Probably. Even that I think is difficult because there are a lot of people that need a paycheck. I mean, when, when you're in this situation, you're not... Like, like football players, for the most part, I'm not saying you're all wealthy, but for the most part, you could survive the lockout a couple years ago, right? Like, because guys weren't getting paid then anyway. You know what I mean? Like, they had made their yeah. money during the season. They don't get checks right. in the off season, So the guys could kind of survive the lockout at that point. They could survive all the consternation. You guys are missing appearance fees? Yeah, now we're talking about losing money, and there's a lot of people in the yep. WWE locker room in particular that can't afford to lose money at the moment. They're not in John Cena's position. Like, John Cena could fund them for a little while and say, hey, dude, I'll take care of your checks this week because I can do that. And then this lingers on for a couple of weeks. Dude, I'm sorry. Um, I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I'm Connor. I'm going to go work. <laughs> like, I'm going to go shop up somewhere and work. And then Connor's now the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Right, because <laughs> he's the only one that's willing to work. It's him and the entire Evolve it's, it's, locker it's room. It's like right? that one uh, lockout ep- or walkout episode of Raw where it was just CM Punk and Triple H and John Cena and no one else was oh, there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's what you got. I mean, this is what you're dealing with, and I just it's the reason why I don't think it's going to happen. I, I just don't I don't buy into it, but I I'm, it's not because I don't think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. And if, if Ryback is comfortable enough, as he says right now, that he can say all the stuff that he said, and if he's comfortable with the idea that it's going to cost him his career, then God bless you for being willing to say it. I, I think it's a good thing to say. But understand, I don't think it'll cost him his career. I don't think it, I one think it might cost him his happens. WWE career. One of the two things happens. Okay, either WWE gets over it and he still works in WWE. Right. Or they don't. And, and he, goes then to he becomes the number one <laughs> heel in Japan. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then he comes that's what I'm And then he comes or back. Or, and that's what I'm talking yeah. about. If he's comfortable with this, this means he could be done in WWE right now by being willing to speak so openly about it. God bless. But be comfortable with that because Vince is petty. I mean, he's yeah. really petty. And he's practically Tom Petty. You know what I mean? Like, he can do this. And so I wouldn't be surprised at is all. Is he Richard Petty? He's the king, yeah. So he is the king, so absolutely. So you're saying he's King Dick Petty. He is King Dick Petty, yes. Uh, that's exactly what it is. There we go. All right, um, let's grab a break. Real quick before we go to the break, and skip ahead to, to a couple minutes here to the Jeff Jarrett interview. I want to just talk about something really weird that happened on SmackDown, so this oh, is a okay. spoiler. Jump ahead a couple minutes here. This is the very end of this segment, so you can go ahead, Jeff Jarrett. So on SmackDown, there's a vignette involving Darren Young. They're repackaging Darren Young, and they are giving him Bob Backlund as a manager, and the tagline is, Make Darren Great Again. Oh, oh my yes. God! That's really great. <laughs> I mean, that's a real... Look, I get that it's hack. I get that it's, <laughs> you know, it's sort of short-term. It's, you know what I mean? Like, you're, But it's... It, well, Darren Young's got nothing to lose, because nothing else has worked. Um, I've got no beef with this whatsoever. <laughs> If Bob Backlund just opened quotes Donald Trump throughout the entire thing, it would be fantastic. Oh, my God. It would be wonderful. It's I, I was reading the spoilers, and I came across I was just, I, I had to read it three times to make sure that I actually read it correctly. I mean, this wasn't just like a one-time appearance thing, right? This was Apparently, this is actually like a thing. Oh, you know what? I'm all in. 
I'm all in. AJ, I saved you one over here that doesn't have ketchup on it. So if you want, oh, you're going to catch. Okay. AJ's eating, his sweet potato fries weren't enough today, so he had to get uh, a lot of mine as well. And that's fine. I don't need them all. I assure you. Um, but I'm, I'm on board. Just for the record. I, I need to see it, right? Like, I want to see what it looks like. But from what you're describing, I'm on board. I'll, I, I, you got me on this one. Now, are they going to go a different direction? Do they have, like, a, a Hillary Clinton side to it as well? Do they have, you don't, you gotta, you gotta sell this. Whoever feuds with Darren goes, wears a hat that says never Darren. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. I like that too. All of this works for me, man. All Get, of this works. Get Curtis Axel to do that. Something like that. All this works. I'm, that's a big thumbs up. All, all right. You want to grab a break now? Yeah, let's grab a break. Jeff Jarrett will join us next. Uh, Global Force Wrestling, Collision Course, MCW coming up on May 13th. We'll talk about it. Uh, I'm Glenn. That's Aaron and that's the main event. AJ Francis. This is Jotting Out. Pressbox is proudly celebrating our 10th anniversary, and we want you to join us. The Pressbox 10th Anniversary Bash is May 11th at the Center Club, and it benefits the Team Up for One Foundation. The main event runs from 6.30 to 9 with the VIP pregame kicking off at 6. Our special celebrity guests include former Ravens Bart Scott and Jamal Lewis, former Orioles Boot Powell and Ross Grimsley, former Baltimore talk show host celebrity Anita Marks, former Terp star Walt Williams, and more, so many more we can't even tell you about. Not only can you get your picture taken, with our guests, photo ops will also be available with the Colts Super Bowl V Lombardi Trophy, the Orioles 1983 World Series Trophy, the Terps Men's and Women's Basketball Championship Trophies, plus the trophies from the most recent titles for the Baltimore Blast and Bowie Bay Sox. The party is presented by Whiting Turner. Northwest BMW brings you the VIP party, and our entertainment and celebrity sponsor is Jeppy Family Enterprises. And our bar sponsors are the Breakthrough Beverage Group and National Bohemian Beer. For tickets, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash batch. That's PressBoxOnline.com slash batch. To find out more about Team Up for One Foundation, visit TeamUpForOne.org. That's TeamUpForTheNumberOne.org. The PressBox 10th Anniversary Bash. We can't wait to see you May 11th at the Center Club. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jake the Snake Smith from Baltimore Boxing. Our next boxing event is Thursday, May 5th at Michael's 8th Avenue in Glen Burnie, Maryland. Yes, Cinco de Mayo. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I do have a Mexican fighter fighting on the card. And his nickname is Cinco de Mayo. Also, this is going to be a tribute to my father, M.B. Smith, who was also a boxing promoter who got me into this game and showed me the right way of doing things. Or the wrong way. I just did it my way. But he passed away from cancer. So that night, we are going to do a benefit for breast cancer. Yes, he loved breast, ladies and gentlemen, so we got to do that for him. If you want tickets, please go to BaltimoreBoxing.com. That's BaltimoreBoxing.com. Thank you very much, folks, and have a good day. Looking for licensed Orioles and Ravens jewelry for the sports fan in your life? Charles Nusenoff and Sons Jewelers. 8720 Sater Hill Road in Parkville since 1923. Charles Nusenoff and Sons has provided the Baltimore area with affordable fine jewelry, quality repair workmanship, and a total devotion to customer service. Looking to pop the question? Charles Nusenoff and Sons has designer mountings and certified loose diamonds. Prices that can't be beat for the perfect proposal. Download their new app, the Vow Engagement Ring. Finder for iPhone or Android and search styles, get prices, and even upload a picture of your hand and try rings on virtually. Charles Newson Often Sons, Orioles, Ravens Jewelry, and the Vow Engagement Ring Finder. Go to CharlesNewsonoff.com or call 410-661-5050. Charles Newson Often Sons Jewelers, 8720 Sater Hill Road in Parkville. 
let's grow old together. An old, and I do mean old, familiar voice is back. Stan the Fan with the bat around every Saturday, along with Adam Gladstone, will look to entertain, inform, and educate our listeners right here on PressBoxOnline.com. Click on the Listen Live button to hear the bat around every Saturday, 10 to 12. Stan the Fan and Adam Gladstone, Real Baseball Talk is back. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash StanTheFan to hear the bat around every Saturday from 10 to 12. All right, back in here, segment number two. It is jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and the main event. AJ Francis of the Seattle Seahawks, joined now by a man who's truly an innovator, a legend in the world of professional wrestling, and now the man behind Global Force Wrestling, which invades our backyard. They'll be at the MSW Arena one week from Friday, May 13th, for Collision Course. He is Double J himself, Jeff Jarrett, and he joins us now here on Jobbing Out. Jeff, it's uh, it's good to talk to you, man. We can't wait for the show next Friday. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes for us this week. I appreciate you guys having me on. And and, and uh, if I heard correctly, the title of your show is Jobbing Out. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's pretty creative for your show. So, uh, <laughs> appreciate you guys having me on. And, and I'm assuming AJ's doing the job today. Is that correct? It's usually how it works. <laughs> I, I, look, we, we, we've all been on that side of the show. So, uh, I'm no stranger to it either. So, and it, it, uh, it, hope, it, hope you guys are well and looking forward to, to getting up to MCW Arena. Yeah, typically, actually, AJ makes us job out to him yeah, every that, week. It's normally the way that it works. He's like, yeah, which one of us is in the NFL? You're going to job to me. I'm like, all right, you're right. I'll <laughs> I'll do the job today. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, all right. the, the king of the mountain is with his trusty guitar, so we'll see. Yeah, that's fair. No. That is fair. All good. I appreciate it. Go ahead. Hey, so this is the first time we're going to see you guys uh, come to our area and our backyard in a really cool place, the MCW Arena, and we love going up there for shows, and we can't wait for this one. But can you just sort of take us through how this all came about, this partnership with MCW, because – they're doing awesome things. They've been doing awesome things for a long time, and, and this is just, a re- I think, a really cool evolution in what it is that they do and what you guys are doing. And I, Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I have admired those guys, uh, I'll say, from afar, because I've never got the opportunity but, but have wanted to over the years. And, you know, they're, they're definitely no spring chickens to the uh, promotion game. They've got a, you know, a, a long storied career of, of, of putting on great shows, and they're consistent, and they obviously – uh, know what they're doing because A, they're still in business and B, they've got a great reputation. Uh, so, uh, anybody who's followed Global Force Wrestling, uh, knows that, you know, last year we did the Grand Slam tour and, and everything was lining up to, to run about 15 or 20 baseball shows this year, Grand Slam tours. And, uh, back in January, we partnered up with a promotion up in, in, in North Jersey and what we call a co-branded show. And it was super, super successful. And everybody involved was, was excited, and we sat back and said, you know, uh, I think we're on to something. And so uh, we looked across uh, not just the United States, but, you know, we're going to go up into Canada in October, and, and we partnered with folks over in the United Kingdom. I just got back from Germany. We did a partnership there. Uh, but MCW, right at the, obviously, it's, it's the, the, the follow. you know, it's, it, we got it on the books as soon as we could sort of make the stars align. And uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it because, those guys, uh, not to compliment them too much, but no, they—they're—you they're, know—I met them. We've had conversations with them, uh, but just from the outside looking in, their promotion over the years—they're they're very successful. 
So uh, the collision course is going to take place, and uh, the best of the best from Global Force and the best of the best from, from MCW, uh, or I think they're called Maryland Championship Wrestling for another month. Is that correct? Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but anyway, which is a great move, in my opinion, a great branding, uh, branding move. Uh, but no, we're, we're excited. Colt Cabana, uh, Nick Aldis, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Sanjay, the next gen champ, uh, Christina Vineri. We're excited. We really, really excited to be coming up in that area. And I don't have to tell you guys, uh, the, the BWI area over the years, whether it's the arena, and I'm really dating myself, the Cap Center, and, and <laughs> just all, all the different arenas in that area. It, it has been traditionally, um, you know, a hotbed would, would sort of be an understatement because it had that unique uh, geographical positioning that, you know, the WWWF, you know, original roots uh, were in D.C., and then uh, the old NWA Mid-Atlantic Territory uh, went up that way. So Baltimore has seen literally the best of the best of the best over the years from not just, you know, Rawls and Nitros, but they had pay-per-views. We did a King of the Ring there one year. So uh, the, 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 that, that region, that area is, is very uh, sophisticated in their wrestling uh, history and, and it's seen a lot of great shows, and, and we're happy to be bringing our first show to that area. How difficult is it, Jeff, to book something like this when you're doing a one-time event? You know what I mean? Where like somebody's yep. going over and, and somebody isn't. I, I would imagine it's it's not quite as easy as when you're doing multiple events out on the road and you know somebody can get their heat back. Like this is it. This is the one time that these guys are going to be facing each other, and you somehow have to make a lot of people happy in your booking process. You know, actually, that's a, that's a great question, and, uh, you know, is it is it easy? Uh, not really. Is there some difficulties? Of, of course there are, but, you know, like uh, like anything, a tight-knit family can't really decide what kind of pizza they want because everybody has a different flavor and, and different needs. But, you know, I'll go with my win-win-win analogy that if, if GFW wins and MCW wins, the reality and the real fact of the matter is is that the fans are going to win. And, and at the end of the day, that's truly what it's all about. Fans come out spend their hard-earned money, uh, want to come out, they want to get up close and personal, get autographs, pictures, a Q&A, ask their favorite question, and go through that. And then they want to watch hard-hitting action. I think it's really just that simple. And so that's, you know, is it was it difficult putting this together? Uh, maybe, maybe not. But, but at the end of the day, both promotions ha- have the right mindset and know that, that we want to uh, put on a great show so when MCW fans come back next month and, and, and hopefully down the line, will continue to have these co-branded promotions. Hey, Jeff, where would you say Global Force is as a company right now? I know last year you were starting to look at TV. You did the Grand Slam tour. You're now doing these co-branded tours. Where would you, where do you say, see Global Force is and where will it be going in the future? Well, 2016, my short answer, 2016 is going to be a very, very exciting year for us uh, on the distribution front, not only internationally because we've been cooking that, uh, incubating that for quite some time, but here domestically. And we made an announcement, gosh, maybe it's six weeks ago now, uh, about A. Smith uh, Productions. They're a, a major, major, major player out of Hollywood that puts on shows like Hell's Kitchen and American Ninja Warrior and a host of other shows. Well, we partnered with them, and uh, quite frankly, uh, back last summer when we went to Las Vegas, you know, they came to the first set of tapings and, and observed, and then one thing led to another, and it was pretty connection, pretty unique connection, how all the dots were connected, and that'll be out in the book in 2025, but it will be a really cool story once it comes out. But no, we connected, um, figured out 
how to make this thing work, but the, the, the reality is it's been eight months, and, and it has been at times laborious, and at times you want to pull your hair out because, you know, lawyers get involved, and, and then accountants get involved, and then they've got to, you know, sign the old proverbial sign all the, uh, cross all the T's and uh, dot all the I's. It's taken us quite some time, but no, we made the announcement, we got everything, the legalities out of the way, and so now it's it's time to, uh, you know, come out with our, um, uh, you know, the, the, the million-dollar question, how can you see Global Force? Well, those questions will be answered uh, this year, without question, and I'm very excited about that, obviously. Jeff, I've been, uh, I just got to lead off with this, I've been a fan since I was a kid. I mean, I remember when you used to wear the straps that went down your chest, but I never understood why you didn't wear a shirt underneath that <laughs> when I was a kid. I never really got that. But I wanted to ask you, how did the idea of using the guitar as a weapon form for you? You know, it was sort of a natural progression, so to speak, that, if you followed my career, I, you know, I wrestled regionally for, for my, my family's promotion and then, you know, went to Texas and Puerto Rico and Japan. And then, you know, when I stepped onto the, the, the national stage at, at that time, the WWF, you know, it was an extension of my personality. I love country music, grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, country singer, uh, you know, I was the country singer that was going to take over Nashville and take over the WWF. And then as the years went by, it went from Double J, Jeff Jarrett, to Double J. And, and you know, the, the guitar, I'm not the first one by any stretch of the imagination. Honky Tonk and yeah. many others have used the guitar. But it just sort of naturally progressed. And then one thing led to another. And then, you know, the, 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 the guitar shot that I, I gave Moolah um, back in the day yeah. on SmackDown almost took it, you know, to a whole other level because it was such a violent act on a 70-plus-year-old woman. That was, you know, really, I don't say revolutionary. That may be a little bit too strong. But it was it, it made for some shocking television. And then, you know, Beetlejuice of Howard Stern fame. And it just like the momentum continued to build over the years. And, and obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a part of my persona. And, and if you want to right now, AJ, you can go to GlobalForceRescue.com and get your brand-new Global Force guitar. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because my, my follow-up question to that was going to be, what is your favorite chair, sh- um, chair shot, guitar shot that you've ever given to someone? Because my, obviously, when you said the fabulous Moolah, that's yeah, that's the personally, I think that's the best one. The one that Matt Hardy was also a classic one. But what was your favorite one that you ever got to do? Because that's an awesome thing to be able to say. Okay, for at my job today, I'm just going to hit somebody <laughs> as hard as I possibly can in the head with a guitar. Somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> uh, you know. I, I, I think we're probably going to be uh, an unusual set of circumstances. We're all going to semi-agree on the Moolah thing was so shocking um, for that time, and, and even though it was the Attitude Era, you had to look at a uh, what you know a young thirty-something-year-old guy smashing a seventy-year-old. You know, Moolah is is bigger than the the Hulk Hogan of female wrestling because she had a thirty or forty-year run, yeah, unbelievable, yeah. Uh, and so how well respected she was obviously outside the business to the wrestling fans but internally uh you know for, from Vince McMahon on down the respect they showed uh Moolah and May through the years and then just as that you know storyline developed and it organically got into that and I mean the people that, that worked in the building the, the you know the ushers and ticket takers and and people like that and many WWE our own our own production staff 
when that went down, it was like, oh, it just, it was, it was a real shocker. Yeah. And just to see it transpire and, and obviously WWF's production values and qualities and capturing the emotion in the moment. And obviously you saw that guitar shot, uh, you know, several times after that in the following week. So it, it, it was just really, really compelling. Collision Course, Global Force Wrestling, and MCW May 13th at the MCW Arena. You can go to MarylandWrestling.com or GlobalForceWrestling.com right now. Get your tickets. Jeff Jarrett's with us here on Jobbing Out. Um, Jeff, I know we're not the first to talk to you since then, but we'd be remiss to not ask you about China. And obviously, you all certainly had matchups and uh, a legacy there. But just um, you know, what your thoughts were when you found out about her passing? Sadness because of, of just who Joni was. It's no secret, and, you know, it's well-documented, unfortunately, her ups and downs. Um, but I like to remember her, you know, on a fond note. And, uh, you know, there was a German fan that just told me a couple of weeks ago that how ironic I was. Uh, she was my opponent in my last match in the WWF, hmm. and I was her opponent in her last match in her career at TNA. So our paths obviously have crossed uh, through the years. Um, but, but one thing for sure, back when we, you know, had that, uh, very first matches and storyline and, and how that all went into it, what people, uh, you know, what, what really just jumped off the page, actually while it was going on and as the years that, that have, 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 you know, transpired since was how good she was. I mean, she wasn't the greatest technical wrestler and she never claimed to be. But what she did in the ring, she did very, very well. She was as, as an important member of DX as any of the guys in there. Mm-hmm. She was Absolutely. one of those four or five individuals that, in my opinion, obviously Stone Cold and The Rock and Nick are right up there, but, 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 but in DX. But, you know, China defined an era of professional wrestling in that attitude era. And so I don't think through the years she's probably gotten enough credit, but, you know, um, that's how life is and that's how the business is. But, you know, what you, well, the thing that I like to, to, to really state when people ask me, people don't realize how good she was in the ring. Did she do everything? No, but what she did, she did great. Yeah. We have, um, we've seen obviously a renaissance in, in women's wrestling, uh, at every level, everywhere in the world in recent years. And I think the question has popped back up for some people. And we've seen it, I think, in, at a lot of places, the intergender wrestling being something that people are going back to doing. Could you see that working again at the highest levels of professional wrestling? Or is that, you know, it, it's too niche and too much of a gimmick for it to be considered by the best bookers in the world? Uh, timing's everything, and you can't take a girl off the street, or you just can't take any female wrestler uh, this day and age. China, obviously... Uh, uh, fit the bill at the time with the Attitude Era. I think I uh, was a pretty good uh, antagonist for the set of circumstances. But, no, I've always been a huge, huge fan, and, and proofs in the pudding with the awesome Kong and Gail Kim mm-hmm. main event and impact days. And, and But but good, high-quality women's wrestling, woman against woman, will, in my opinion, always be better than woman against man. Are there certain times and certain storylines that a man versus woman could still work, sure. You never say never on anything in this business. But from a consistent going forth um, set of circumstances, you know, you just don't have to look at wrestling. You've, you've got to look at everything. And women athletes, whether it's pro volleyball, soccer, uh, basketball, I mean, the, the, the UConn girls basketball team, you look at the, those girls 
and what Gino's done up there, they could be a, a lot of, uh, in my opinion, a lot of, you know, a, a boys teams uh, that are maybe way down on, on the, you know, D2 or D3, and who knows, maybe right, a D3. Right. But anyway, you know, mm-hmm. the, the women athlete and the training is so intense that if the years gone by, you know, if you probably had to compare it, yes, male athletes have gotten better, but the women's, as an overall percentage, their training and their strength and everything that goes into it. So women's wrestling, I think, is just going to continue to grow uh, and, and be a real marquee matchup, ticket-selling, rating driver uh, type deal in our industry. Of course, before Global Force, you were involved. You know, TNA was your baby. Um, are you following TNA much at all? What's happening with the business rumors? And if the opportunity arose with a new management or whatever, would you be interested in getting back involved with TNI? I follow everything. Ring of Honor, <laughs> Lucha Underground, uh, Impact, you, you name it. So, yes, I, I, I always uh, have followed them and will follow them and wish them nothing but the best of luck. Um, and, yeah, I read the rumors and is it fact or is it fiction, but I just, you know, I've learned through the years and through my family being in the business over 70 years you know, I don't waste my brain space on what ifs and all that. If the opportunity arose, I'd have to address it, but I don't give it one bit of thought. And laser focused on the continuing launch of the brand of Global Force Wrestling and everything that goes with it. And, and I can tell you this day and age, it's not just launching a television show. It truly is launching a brand with digital, social media, international, the, 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 the everything that goes into the marketing. And that's, that's, you know, that's just getting the snowball going and then networks and, just everything that goes with it. So I'm laser focused on that and uh, wish DNA nothing but the best. Jeff, you were one of the guys during the golden age of wrestling, as I like to call it, that was going back and forth between WWF and WCW. When you were going in between the companies, did you see what actually happened happening in the future? Or did you think that when you went back to WCW that, Okay, now we're gonna we're gonna take them back over. We're gonna make sure that we become the number one brand in wrestling again, and we're gonna put them back to where they were. You can always feel momentum, and and I'm not saying that I'm the you know could see in the future, but you could see you could and and the wrestling fan could see it. You you could see when you know when when Kevin and Scott and and the infamous Lex Luger first appearance on Nitro, the buzz they went from a Saturday night show to a prime time on Monday. You, you could, and you know, it goes without saying, Hogan, Hall, Nash, and then, you know, the surprise of the week for, for, for multiple weeks. You could feel the momentum. And then when you sit back and, and really look at how things were going, and it went, Nitro went from two to three hours, it was that, that's, that's a, you know, and I understand from a financial point of view, but that's really hard. Three hours. It's just, and in, in today it's, you know, hard, but, you know, the three hours, and then you could just see, Stone Cold, Mick, DX, Sean was still there. You could see the WWF roster and, and, and everything percolating up and how they had transitioned from, uh, you know, one attitude, I'll say, to another attitude. You could just sort of feel it, and it was really cool. I, I got lucky, I, I blessed and lucky. It wasn't. It was just the timing of my contract every October and how things went in, and, and, and I just, yeah, I, I, I definitely, the golden age is right because, you know, when you've got two or three hours from one from 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 Turner and two two or you know two hours from USA every Monday, and then you had your Wednesday show and your Thursday show, and then the monthly pay per views, mm-hmm. 
I don't have to tell you guys. Yeah. Suffering was red hot. <laughs> Man. Because, you know, the digital world, social media world didn't exist. So it was, you know, appointment viewing. You had to be in front of your TV on Monday and, or Wednesday or Thursday and then the pay-per-view. So it was, it was uh, without question, it was a cool era to be in the business. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, just another minute or two him, here with him before uh, GFW, Global Force Wrestling, comes to our area next Friday for collision course at the MCW Arena. Um, Jeff, I wanted to see, I don't know if you've uh, dove into it. I don't know how familiar with, you are with it, but there was uh, something written this week by Ryan Reeves, of course, Ryback in the WWE, about um, the state of the business of professional wrestling. And without using the words, he essentially kind of um, painted a picture for unionizing. And it's something that has come up a lot in, in, in history when it comes to professional wrestling and so far has not really turned into anything at, at any point. But you're a guy that's been on both sides. You've run promotions. You've been a performer. You, you see it from all angles. Um, are, are, would you be utterly opposed to the idea of unionizing a professional wrestler, or do you think there's something there? There, I mean, boy, we could get in the boardroom, and I could literally uh, put on uh, one suit and argue like hell for the, 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 you know, the pros of it and get on the other side and the cons. The, the, the fact is, is that, you know, when you say a union, you're, you're talking about, you know, WWE's got, what, North at this time, 90% market share. Mm-hmm. Therein lies the, 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 the real situation. Unions are when you have multiple sets of businesses that collectively use uh, the union workers. And so it just, from a fundamental point of view, and I'm definitely not the union, uh, <laughs> lawyer or, right. or, 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 you know, co- completely understand that world. It's just our business is, is, is much, much smaller. Um, you know, obviously you got New Japan and AAA, but they're international. Uh, you, you, you've got all the red hot independent promoters in the United Kingdom. You've got the promo- promotion in Germany and South Africa. In Australia, that we're all connected loosely, but at the end of the day, when you talk about the dollars and cents, and, and as I said, WWE, publicly traded company, but their market share is, is, is just gigantic, and I think therein lies a, the, the real set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. I, I get that entirely, and I, I, I guess I made the comparison because we have AJ here to the, the NFL Players Union, right, where it's, you know, it's sort of the same situation. You can't walk away from the NFL and go get that kind of money in, in Europe or somewhere else. Like, it's just not there, but yet they managed to make it work as a union. And I, I, Well, well you got 32. No, 30. How many NFL teams? Yeah, 32, 30. 30. Yeah, right, 32. 32. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> you, you have 32, not all equal, but you've got 32 high-power businessmen, not, 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 not guys running mom-and-pop shops. They're, they're big boys. And so they, they realize it's to their benefit, and now with CTE coming involved, uh, you, you know, they're, they stay ahead of the curve, and I know uh, I got somebody's in the NFL that, that, that I, I hear there's both sides of it. But for all intents and purposes, it's the biggest and the best league in the world. Uh, did they do everything right? No, but but they certainly. Again, I'm AJ. I'm outside looking in. It certainly appears to me that they attempted. Yeah, and for the most part, I would agree um, with that, but. That actually is funny. I wouldn't even think about that. It's just I like to ask these questions when we have, I mean, in my mind, you are a yeah, legend. You're yeah, a legend. No question. I mean, you're in my mind, and I have all the respect in the world for you, and I want to thank you for being on this show <laughs> personally. But, Appreciate it. But also, who is one, because we're just talking about football now, who's, who's your favorite 
pro athlete that came over into wrestling and you were like, that guy right there, he's going to be something good before he ever was? Well, uh, that, that's sort of a loaded question because, you know, I work with Reggie White. Oh, yeah. But they obviously. were one-offs. And yeah. Kevin Green, one-offs. But, but I'll tell you the guy that – well, and, and AJ, forgive me. What position did you play? I, I still play. I played for the Seahawks. I played D tackle. Okay. Well, Mongo. Oh yeah. So you can relate. Mongo McMichael. When he the first time he grabbed me, I thought a, a legit bear had thrown me across the room. You know. <laughs> and I, and I, I say this with all due respect. I think collectively, professional wrestlers. Uh, you know, yes, we've got some guys that are, that are aren't the greatest athletes, and, and you can give and take. But, but you know, the core professional wrestlers are unbelievable good athletes. But from from, and I think basketball players, you know, take it to a whole nother level with on their athletic ability. But 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 the, the raw strength that a pro football player, comparatively speaking, has to other <laughs> other athletes, <laughs> and especially, uh, I mean, Mongo, he, I mean. You know, it's just you guys know how to move your body, the strength. It 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 was like holy crap. But to answer your question, if Mongo would have got in at an earlier age, he'd been really good. Wouldn't at the, at the stage of his career he got in, he did very, I mean, very very well. Um, and I could probably name a few others, but the guys that I, I have always thought that were you know very respectful uh, were those guys that, that it seemed like the, the higher up, you know. Kevin Green, uh, is he Hall of Fame or soon to be Hall of Fame? He's about to go into the Hall of Fame, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Hall of Fame. Reggie White, Hall of Famer. Dennis Rodman, without question, you know, uh, a multi-time champion and and, and Hall of Famer. Those guys are are Hall of Famers in their own industry, but the respect they show to the business, I've always thought that's pretty cool. And then you get other guys that maybe blew their knee out and didn't have quite the football or basketball or career that they wanted or expected, and then they come into our business and maybe expect a little bit more, maybe a little bit more sour grapes. Hmm. It's funny how you just see things uh, from a different perspective. But, um, no, I, I would have to uh, – I'd have to really think on who I thought really did good. But, but the guys who did one-offs were, were – were, I mean, Reggie White was exceptionally good and the people went nuts uh, for him. <laughs> There's a few others. He is Jeff Jarrett. It's at Real Jeff Jarrett on Twitter is how you can give him a follow. And then you got to be there on May 13th at MCW Arena in Joppa for Collision Course, Global Force and MCW clashing on one Friday night in our backyard. Go to GlobalForceWrestling.com to find out more. Jeff, is there anything else we can plug for you, sir? Oh, man, you hit it. You, you, my website's GlobalForceWrestling.com. You all of our social media platforms at GFW Wrestling. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, and then you hit my Twitter. And I appreciate you guys' time. It's been fun. Hey, man, we really appreciate it. We can't wait to, uh, to see it on May 13th. We know it's going to be an awful lot of fun, and I hope we can do this again and chat with you sometime down the road. Love to, guys. I appreciate the support, and see you guys next Friday. Cool stuff, man. I mean, his, look, look, Jeff Jarrett has accomplished about everything you can possibly accomplish in professional wrestling. And, you know, people think certain things about Jeff, and obviously the, the fallout with the WWE don't care. Jeff Jarrett's great. You know, yep. I mean, he's he's always welcome on this show. Yeah, no yep. freaking doubt about that. Very cool. And again, uh, the May thirteenth at the MCW Arena, uh, cool event. It's them. It's it's everybody. It's all the MCW or MCW performers. It's all the Global Force Wrestling. Some, Loaded card. Some really good matches. Uh, the Nick Aldis Magnus is facing Brian Meyer, Myers, the old Kurt Hawkins from uh, WWE. That's going to be great. The uh, I can't remember what they call their kind of cruiserweight. It's it's the I can't remember what the, the exact name of the title is. But Sanjay Dutt against DJZ. Who's he said the Nexus. 
Nexus. Next, next, not next. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The next uh against DJZ against Leo Rush. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Sick match. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, Cole Cabana is taking on uh, Chuck Lennox, which should be a fantastic comedy match. Um, just straight down the card. It's really, really good. Well, you should check that out on May 13th and appreciate Jeff Jarrett hopping on. Uh, before that, there's another event coming up at MCW Arena, and that's this coming Friday night. And we're going, and we come back in. Former UFC fighter, now Evolve wrestler, Matt Riddle will join the show. I'm Glenn. That's Aaron, and that's... The main event. AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jake the Snake Smith from Baltimore Boxing. Our next boxing event is Thursday, May 5th at Michael's 8th Avenue in Glen Burnie, Maryland. Yes, Cinco de Mayo. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I do have a Mexican fighter fighting on the card. And his nickname is Cinco de Mayo. Also, this is going to be a tribute to my father, M.B. Smith, who was also a boxing promoter who got me into this game and showed me the right way of doing things. Or the wrong way. I just did it my way. But he passed away from cancer. So that night, we are going to do a benefit for breast cancer. Yes, he loved breast, ladies and gentlemen. So we got to do that for him. If you want tickets, please... Go to BaltimoreBoxing.com. That's BaltimoreBoxing.com. Thank you very much, folks, and have a good day. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Surcharge free ATM use. That's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge you to use their ATMs. They make you spend money just to get your money. We don't. At Royal Farms, you can come in anytime, day or night. Walk over to our ATM, take out your bank or credit card, and in just a few seconds, get your cash for nothing because it's surcharge free. Individual cardholder fees may still apply for using a Royal Farms ATM, but we won't charge you. So the next time you want to get cash at an ATM, come to Royal Farms. Because this is how we do it. Get your cash for nothing cause there is no fee. Cash for nothing cause there is no fee. Pressbox is proudly celebrating our 10th anniversary, and we want you to join us. The Pressbox 10th Anniversary Bash is May 11th at the Center Club, and it benefits the Team Up for One Foundation. The main event runs from 6.30 to 9 with the VIP pregame kicking off at 6. Our special celebrity guests include former Ravens Bart Scott and Jamal Lewis, former Orioles Boot Powell and Ross Grimsley, former Baltimore talk show host celebrity Anita Marks, former Terp star Walt Williams, and more, so many more we can't even tell you about. Not only can you get your picture taken, Taken with our guests, photo ops will also be available with the Colts Super Bowl V Lombardi Trophy, the Orioles 1983 World Series Trophy, the Terps Men's and Women's Basketball Championship Trophies, plus the trophies from the most recent titles for the Baltimore Blast and Bowie Bay Sox. The party is presented by Whiting Turner. Northwest BMW brings you the VIP party, and our entertainment and celebrity sponsor is Jeppy Family Enterprises. And our bar sponsors are the Breakthrough Beverage Group and National Bohemian Beer. For tickets, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash batch. That's PressBoxOnline.com slash batch. To find out more about Team Up for One Foundation, visit TeamUpForOne.org. That's TeamUpForTheNumberOne.org. The PressBox 10th Anniversary Bash. 
We can't wait to see you May 11th at the Center Club. Hi, Ken Zalas here, KZ, from the PressBox Fantasy Reality Football Show, which you can hear right here on PressBox Radio every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. till noon. Myself, Sarita, the NFL chick, KO, keeping us on the air. It's called the Football Show. We talk all things football, high school football, college football, NFL football. Of course, we lean a little bit towards the Ravens, but we'll also talk Baltimore sports and all sports in general. Join us every Sunday, 10 a.m. to noon, on the PressBox Fantasy and Reality Football Show. The PressBox Fantasy and Reality Football Show, Sunday mornings, 10 to noon, PressBoxOnline.com slash fantasy. Back in here, third segment of Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and the main event. A.J. Francis, the Seattle Seahawks, and now joined by a man who's going to be part of the, well, not the main event, but he's one of the main attractions on Friday night where we're going to be at the MCW Arena in Joppa for Evolve Wrestling. This man made the transition, was with UFC for a long time, now a professional wrestler and kicking ass as a professional wrestler. It's a pleasure to welcome in Matthew Riddle to the show. Matt, it's uh, it's good to talk to you, man. Can't wait to see you on Friday night. Thanks for taking the time for us. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for the introduction. Absolutely, dude. Seriously, like, we're stoked. Aaron saw you, all right, in... in... All right, Aaron, go ahead. I was going to say... I went down to Dallas, and I came back here. I was raving about two things. One was NXT TakeOver, and the other was the Mercury Rising show. And the one thing that I couldn't stop talking about was I had never seen you before. And I I knew you from UFC. I remembered you, and I knew you had made the transition, but I had never seen you wrestle live before. And I came back, I was like, there is no way that guy has been wrestling for as little as he has because you looked like a star that night. It it was incredible. I I appreciate the fans in Dallas were, you know, you know, really receptive and really good, and, you know, it was just, uh, yeah, just really good weekend, you I'm, know, and, uh, and I've just been, you know, I've been wrestling for probably just a year and a half now, but, uh, I, I've wanted to do it my entire life, and, uh, it just feels right, you know? Now, dude, take through that, because you were at a really high level in mixed martial arts, right? Like, it's, it's one thing for a guy that, like, messes around, has a couple of fights, and, like, realizes it's not for him. But, like, dude, you were clearly on a track. Take me through what happens that you decide one day, you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to go try my hand at this whole professional wrestling thing. You know, the, the biggest thing that deterred me from MMA and made me really want to go into pro wrestling was, uh, just how little you really get to fight. You only get to fight about three times a year, four if you're lucky. And then on top of it, fights fall through or, you know, people get hurt or, and just, there's just so many variables. Well, every weekend there's a wrestling show. You get to work, you get to, you know, perform in front of a live crowd. And even if your opponent gets hurt, they can always replace them quick, you know. <laughs> Fighting, it's a little different, you know, with the, medicals and the commissions and making weight and 
just with everything and you, you know how people are with all that so with, with pro wrestling you know just all that element alone just makes it so much more of a pleasure you know and matt uh this is aj i was my question is i've as Aaron said, I've never seen I've never seen you wrestle. I'm looking forward to set, uh, Friday night at the at the Evolve show. But my question is, when you come from UFC to wrestling, do do promotions expect you to have UFC esque moves in your move set, or do you just bring that with you? Like, do you intend to use that as part of your character? Well. When I when I moved into pro wrestling, of course I intended to use all like my submissions, mm-hmm. my wrestling, and uh, my strikes. You know, because I know what what works. You know, in my profession, so I wanted to translate that into professional wrestling. But of course, maybe add a springboard there mm-hmm. and add submissions, maybe off the ropes, and you know, just add maybe you know more elements of surprise. You know, with it. So you go yeah, from okay. you, yep, yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. go, you go from UFC to professional wrestling. I know that you tried out for WWE. You end up at, at Evolve, which is a company that doesn't just take anybody. You have to be at a real high level, and guys who normally have you know have little experience you have, didn't get there. What? How did you end up in Evolve? Uh, I was actually you know talking with the WWE, and I. Uh, I was talking to a couple other companies as well, and I asked them, you know, what, what they thought, and they suggested if, uh, to work with Evolve, and they gave me Gabe's contact, and they gave Gabe my contact information, and we started talking, and I started wrestling for him, I believe it was Evolve 49. And the rest is and history. That, uh, uh, yep, I started wrestling for him Evolve 49, and I think we're at Evolve 60. This Friday. Yep, yep this so, one's Friday. It's been a good relationship. Yeah, apparently. It's worked out pretty well. He's Matt Riddle. He's with us here on Jobbing Out. Matt, let me let me ask you this. As an athlete, is it is it difficult at all for you um, to go from a sport where you control your outcomes, you know, like you get to make the decision of whether or not you win a fight, to a sport where half of what you're doing is acting, where there's, you're, certainly it's athletic performance, but obviously you don't get to dictate or determine those things. Was there any part of you as, as an athlete who's like, I, I don't know, man, like, I, I want to go out there and I still just want to be able to decide that I'm going to kick somebody's ass and then go kick somebody's ass? You know what? It really doesn't. My biggest thing in wrestling is I really want to make sure the fans entertained and I, I just want to be excited. I want people to question if it was real or if, a shot actually landed. I want people to question that, you know. I love it when I get behind stage and they're like, dude, I think you killed him with that knee or something like that, you know, because that's what I want. I want people to believe what I'm doing is real, yeah. you know. So, uh, you know, and that asked, yeah. yeah. No, I, <laughs> I kind of forgot the question. I <laughs> kind of forgot what you're asking. <laughs> One question that I always ask when we have people on the show is, uh, is is who's one person in your promotion that you have yet to work with, but you would like to work with in the future? Hmm. In Evolve? Yeah. Or it could be anyone of because Evolve does a lot of crossover shows. Yeah. A- anyone in any promotion that you'd like to work with? 
You, you know, there's so many people, and I, I got to work with a lot of good people already, like Zach Saber and Thatcher and Gulak and Williams and stuff. But uh, I would like to wrestle Tommaso Ciampa. I think that would be a really hard-hitting good one. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen Tommaso and, almost take people's heads off. When, we, when he used to be in Ring of Honor and at Du Burns, he would try to punch people's heads square off their side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I don't know, right now that, that's one of them. And another one, just because I like the way he wrestles and I haven't been booked against him yet, but is uh, Ethan Page. Okay. He's very good. Ethan Page, he's really entertaining and, uh, he does like a lot of the pro wrestling stuff, you know, so I like to usually mix my MMA stuff with some pro wrestling stuff and I think it'd be entertaining. Yeah. And Ethan Page will be uh, Joplin. Yeah, he's got Drew Galloway on Friday night. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, what was the hardest thing in the uh, transition from UFC to wrestling? But, like the one thing that was toughest. The hardest thing would have to be selling. When you when you go when you fight, you never show any like expression. I mean, you can smile, you can frown, you can look mad, whatever. But like when you get punched, you really don't want to show any expression. Because hmm. Even if you smile, that usually means you got hurt. Uh-huh. Or if you look like you got rocked, you know. So you really don't want to, you don't sell at all in a fight. But in pro wrestling, you know, you, somebody taps you. Selling the you business. Gotta, you know, <laughs> yeah. you really got to show it, you know. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a it's the that, world of difference, it, right? It's the business. Yeah, yeah, there is nothing without <laughs> selling, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, so, Matt, and and then you got to be good at it. You don't want it to be too hokey unless that's part of your character. And you know, and depending on you know, it's that's an art in itself. So you know, that was just tricky, just knowing what looked good, how to do it, and what looked good to an audience, not just you know, to me as a fighter, you know. No doubt, no doubt. Tickets available for Friday night, dgusa.tv. That's how you can get them as Evolve Wrestling, Evolve 60 is at the MCW Arena in Joppa. Matt Riddle's with us here on Jobbing Out. Um, Matt, uh, recently, and I know it, it, it's going to work out and Connor's going to stick around and he's going to keep fighting in the UFC, but there was a lot of talk about a guy like Conor McGregor and could he work in the WWE if he were to have truly walked away from the UFC as some people thought he was thinking about doing a couple weeks ago. Um, what's your gut tell you about Conor and whether or not he'd be a guy that could do this? And, and really for a lot of people that are in mixed martial arts that think that they can make the transition, what would be your thought about whether or not it's something that guys can do fairly easily? Well, the, the, there's a... There's a couple big things. I think, you know, if you're a hard worker and you're athletic and you're tough, I think you can learn how to be a professional wrestler. I think you can pick up how to work and do that, you know. The the, the one thing that, you know, you have to learn and you have to be taught really is just the business side of professional wrestling. And that's probably the biggest aspect I would tell anybody in MMA that's trying to make the crossover is, just be extremely respectful, you know, don't think less of somebody just because, and, you know, and be extremely humble, you know. If you're not a humble person, it's probably not going to work. And it's one thing to be a character and not be humble, but it's another thing not to be humble in real life, you, how know? T- you know. How tough was that for you as a dude that was wrestling or that was fighting in arenas, that was, you know, on huge cards, to then walk into a bingo hall? And and look around and know that some of the guys that that you're working with are, you know, like 
are security guys when they're not wrestling. Like, how difficult was that for you to sort of handle that transition from being a top guy in one business to sort of just being a guy when you got to pro wrestling? You know what? The I, I always tell everybody this. Everybody like thinks you know the, the one big difference between like a big show and a small show is the crowd. And that is honestly the only difference. Like, if you think about it, like, if it's wrestling, you wrestle in a ring at a little bingo show, and you wrestle in a ring at a huge arena. You know, it's the same. When you walk through the curtain, it's still a curtain. You know, it doesn't matter if it's the biggest show or the smallest show. You still walk through a black, like, velvet curtain. You know? When you're in the back, it's usually, like, a small locker room or small cement room locker room. You know, it's just what it is so the only difference is the crowd so to me i think that's why crowds never got you know big shows never got to me and i think you know that's why it didn't really bother me when i was doing smaller shows either you know it's because i think it's basically the same thing just different size crowds you know yeah absolutely no doubt about that sorry aaron. i thought aaron was next i'll jump back in matt um moving forward for you what's like what's what's the goal what's the do you look at this and say, hey, I want to be on the WWE roster within three years? I want to be, you know, is there is there a thought for you about what's next as you move ahead with Evolve and with your professional wrestling career in general? I, I think the biggest thing for me is I just want to stay as active as possible. You know, if it was up to me, I'd be wrestling Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every weekend. You know, so, and just getting my name out there and, you know, just like you said or, Whoever uh, said they came down to de- Texas and saw me wrestle, that was the first time. But you're like, wow, you know. But you don't really get that from watching a GIF or watching some tape, you know. You only get that if you're there live and you feel it, you know. So my big thing is I just got to get in front of more crowds and keep getting good matches and just keep doing my thing, you know. And then eventually, yeah, you know, it would be nice to wrestle for the WWE or wrestle overseas or you know, do the whole thing. But right now, short-term goal is I just want to wrestle for all the big promotions in the United States and in Canada. You know, like uh, you got the PWG, the Hollywood Wrestling, the AW. I already wrestled for Beyond and Evolved, like, full-time. But uh, you, you know what I'm saying, FIP. There's, there's just so many shows, but at the same time, if you work every single show and every single person gets to see you work, you know, that's how you really build your name and your reputation. Have you kept in touch with the guys at WWE since you had that tryout? Uh, yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I keep in touch with them, plus I see them at uh, all the Evolve shows, yeah. so I talk to them. This thing that they, we're... Say nothing, they say nothing but good things. And this partnership has to be, like, exciting for guys like you, right? Like, that, that obviously there's enough of a relationship between Evolve and WWE. Obviously, they're doing the cruiserweight matches on Saturday night that... Like, they're clearly interested in what you guys are doing. It's got to feel like you're kind of on the doorstep right now. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of us are on the doorstep. And I think everybody on that roster is really on the doorstep. Because anybody there could go to WWE and put on five-star matches and get a crowd over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, I think they really just like the style we bring to the table. It's different. It's not the same old generic stuff. And uh, it's just, you know, it's funny. It's called Evolve, but it's kind of like, you know, Evolve Wrestling, you know. 
That's what it is. No doubt. That's exactly what it is. All right, he's uh, Matt Riddle. He's going to be there Friday night in Joppa at the MCW Arena for Evolve 60. You can get your tickets right now by going to dgusa.tv. You can follow Matt on Twitter, at RiddleTUF7, where he'll tell you he's the only uh, fighter to have ever gotten fired on a four-match win streak in the UFC, (laughs) which is... That was really confusing. I don't know how that works. Hey, Matt, is there anything yeah. else? Can we can we plug anything else for you? A website for a t-shirts, anything like that? No, I'm actually good. I got I got to actually get on that merchandise deal. Yeah, man. I've been I've been, I've been talking to people, just you know, just haven't pulled the trigger yet. Well, it's time. Know? It's it's time. You got to get on that. Hey, Matt, we yeah, can't definitely we can't wait to see you on Friday night, man. We're looking forward to the show. It's going to be awesome. I mean, the card is absolutely stacked. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on here. Appreciate Matt Riddle hopping on with us here on Jobbing Out, and uh, really kind of a crazy thing to to be the one of the best in your business, and they just one day say, "I'm gonna do something else." And, Go over and become a professional wrestler. And as Aaron pointed out, like you, AJ and I haven't seen him yet, so we don't know. Yeah, you're, you're building this up yeah. pretty big. He's good. He's <laughs> like, like, you know, what I mean? like I, I talk good about like a lot of people, or I'll, I'll talk good about promotions. It's pretty rare when I single out a guy in a promotion and be like, "Dude, I was blown away by it's this funny. one it's guy." The, the truth is, I the week that we did the the Connor show, I was just trying to find people with connections to both. You know, mixed martial arts and professional wrestling. As it turns out, we had both Dan Seven and Daniel Pewter that night who were, you know, one of them is a UFC Hall of Famer, right? Yes, right. Um, th- that was the only reason I was really reaching out to Matt Riddle to begin with is because I knew he was coming to the area and, you know, he had connections to both professional wrestling and in the UFC. And I brought up Matt Riddle's name and Aaron's like, oh, oh, we gotta have him. We gotta have him. He's gotta come on. He's gotta come on. I'm like, whoa, easy, easy fella, easy guy. He's like, dude, we have to have that guy. And so like, Aaron's been bugging me for the last two weeks. He's, he's dude, going to be in WWE dude. in the next year. I promise you he will be signed in WWE wow. by the next year. Alright. Well, I mean. May 4th, 2016. What? Oh, Aaron made the, I, the, the declaration. Yeah. That, May fourth, twenty seventeen. I bet but you. But Aaron's made other declarations in the past. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm just saying. Like this isn't the first time no. that he's ever. And how many of them are you been right about? A good amount. Not all of them. Mm, mm. We really looked at that percentage. What would it look like? Uh, good in baseball terms. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, hey, I'm hey, fine with that. You're a 280 I'm hitter. A, I'm good with being a 400 hitter here. A lot of money batting 280 in baseball. Uh, we have not done the, 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 the payoff yet, by the way, to our bet. That has not occurred. It shall happen right now. Okay, this is a little bit awkward, though, because I also I kind of want to both do play-by-play, but somebody also has to video it is the problem. So do it. Hold the phone but and I, my, on the from, mic. Right, where are you going to? Oh, oh, you can go to this right corner. There. All right, you can do it this corner. All right, we can but do you that. know what? Because. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You what, know what? What do you have to say? <laughs> what is? So those of you that uh, weren't with us last week. Um, we've been doing bets on our pay-per-view picks, and we didn't get a payoff because we've been picking them against other people. One week, one month it was our buddy Patrick Stevens, who is a phenomenal college basketball reporter and college, you know, football, college lacrosse, but doesn't know crap about the WWE. Um, then the last time we thought we maybe stepped the game up a little bit, we had Tory Smith of the San Francisco 49ers and his grandmother. Who watches every week. Who watches every week, and yet we still sort of stomp them for our WrestleMania and our NXT TakeOver picks. So this time, AJ finally got fed up and said, it's time, we have to have a loser. So I said, all right, whoever loses, we didn't pick against anybody, we just had a straight-up loser, and the loser had to pay a penance. That penance, and I don't know how I came to the stink face, 
I remember I threw it out there. I don't really remember how we got to this thing. You first, just though. randomly threw, you threw it out I d- there. I did just throw you it out there. You weren't talking about Rikishi. No, you that's the weird part. I just threw out, loser gets stink-faced by the winner. Um, there was some controversy on Sunday night as we were watching the pay-per-view. First of all, I appreciate my buddy Salty Trizzle from uh, my old friend from the Big Owen Duke show who, who texted me when I looked like I might be losing on Sunday night, texted me a picture of Rikishi's ass <laughs> um, to, sh- to shove it in my face. Ha, ha, ha. It ain't me. I ain't getting stink faced, dick. So um, shout out to Dolph Ziggler for winning his match. By the way, that I, was the reason. That was the reason. And, and what was the one that Aaron got wrong? That I, I got Sami Zayn wrong. No, oh, right. Yeah, you picked Sami Zayn exactly. So, Idiot. I still think so, it makes more sense for Sami Zayn to have won. I'm sure with the ass there, about to be in your face, you, you do think. feel that way, right? Yes. So this is what it comes down to. We only picked three matches differently. One of them didn't happen and ended up finishing in a no contest, of course. And there was some controversy. Is for whatever reason, AJ like apparently really wanted to give me a stink face and was well, like, AJ was saying still... straight up, I'm going to refuse to take a stink face if this is what it comes no, down to. I said, That's what you said. I said this is bullshit if I lose because of the Vaude yes. villains. I do, not not being able to finish their face. match. Yeah, I do believe you did say you would not take the stink face yes. in that situation. I was already winning. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. It, <laughs> I, I, I feel as though. I feel as though. So that ended up being declared a no contest, despite the fact the villains end up getting uh, rewarded. Which I picked the villains to win, and they were going to win. Anyway. Well, yeah, but this would have been more between Aaron and I who yes. gets stink face. Because... This, this would have gone down to the tiebreaker. If that right, and, and I don't know Seems who would have like won. Aaron's you would have, you would have won guy. by a couple seconds. Oh, I would have won the tiebreaker anyway. So there's, there's literally nothing for Aaron to bitch about oh, no. anyway. I'm not, I, so I, Aaron... I'm taking it like a man, unlike someone <laughs> who was bitching about it before it even Sounds happened. Sounds like you're crying because I'm about to put my ass in your face. Well, hurry up and do it, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, sure. so here's the deal. Let me get... Go ahead, come over here. I will say this. Yes. We did not... Say that I had to take it straight up. Oh, for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so those of you who don't know there that Aaron go. brought a lich, a okay, Buccaneers. I'm going to take my pants off now. <laughs> no, no, no. We did say pants off. Well, I don't we know said that specifically. But AJ did threaten thongs. He did clothes. He did threaten thongs. And I will leave my underwear on. All right. So here's the deal. All right. I got to make sure that we no, can. Dude, don't take off your pants. Don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> dude, dude, look at this mask. First of all, the mask makes it funnier. The mask makes it so I mean, much you, funnier. He does have his the nose. Yeah, look, dude, the dude, nose and mask are mouth are both. This makes out it of so much funnier, dude. The dude, nose, it's a great I will give him credit. The nose no. and mouth yeah, are both no, out dude, of the mask. No, dude, the mask makes it better. Just do it. I do think it's a funny bit, though, if he takes off his pants, too. Like, no, I think it's hilarious not, no, all dude, around. Dude, I'm not taking it if the pants Oh, come on, Aaron. It's for the good of the bit. I would do it. No, I'm not. It's easy for me to say when I don't have to. He's yeah, not dude. taking his pants all the way. All right. Sit in the corner. Hang on. Move the box. There's a box in the corner. Move the box. All right. Sit in the corner. All right. Hang on a second. Yeah, do this the way that a... Come on, man. All right, now. He looks like a gimp right now. I got to make sure now. Uh, AJ, walk over just for the purpose of me. All right, hang on a second. All right, let me... Uh... Oh, shut up. This is fine, okay? Everybody calm down. All right, uh, wait a second. Hang on. I'm not I'm not ready yet. Don't, don't. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. All right, hang on. I got it. I got it. Give me a second. Damn it. I got to get this set up. All right, ready? So here we go. AJ, that's AJ. That's AJ's ass. Go ahead. Oh my God! Just like Rakishi. Uh huh. Now. This is what happens when you make bad picks in wrestling? Mm hmm. There's Aaron. Oh God! Yes. Oh God! Yes. Oh God! Yes! 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 It also smells like well, he farted. Did he well, fart? I- no, no. It smells like I, I don't you think farted. I can ever wear that mask again. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about 
totally worth it. Um, I really wish, though, the only bad thing about the way that I filmed that was there's no real way to, for me to get to Aaron's face, mostly because it was covered by AJ's ass. So I don't really have like a big ass. Yeah, AJ does have a large ass. Aaron uh, was engulfed by my rectum. Aaron, uh, how you feel? Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> he feels like he just had a First giant all, ass in his face. I appreciate that Aaron, for the good of the show, was willing to sell that. That's right. Bit. I do appreciate that. Thank you very much. I would have. And, no, I know you would have. But um, I didn't have to. But it was much more fun that you did. Because I picked the best. So there you go. And by the way, I will not agree for Stinkface to be the stipulation. Oh, we retire. Week. We retire Stinkface. Yeah, we, we come yes. up with something else next month. Well, but we can't do it because he's not here. Unless oh. we, but you know what? We can do something involving like social media or yeah. something or, along those or, lines. Or you know, like, yeah, like we make had a video. Singing, right. He has to yeah. make a video of it. Absolutely, yes. we can we can come up with something. We don't have to do month. physical torture from now on. We and we are going to work. Uh, AJ does have to go back to Seattle for a little bit because you know this whole pesky football thing is getting in the what way. My whole job. But we're going to work on a way that uh, to keep him involved with the show while he's gone for a month uh, for uh, camp because you know it's a three person show. We we want to keep it that way. In the main event. Yeah, you oh, go, go to Mig Studio and uh, use that. We'll use an ISDN. Oh, actually, that would be kind of awesome if we could work that out. I'll talk to Migs about that. I have no problem talking to him about I that. I will as well. All right, very good. Uh, now, our top five for this week. God. Oh, by the way, I totally farted in this chair before I went over. Is that what it was? I could smell something. I didn't know what I was, I was smelling. It didn't seem like it was around me. That's I what I'm saying. Like, that was what I was really I worried about. I the respect of farting before, beforehand. That before is a guy. putting you know my ass Honestly, in face. that's about all you can ask for as uh, a man. But, I mean, but here's the thing. If he had, I was ready to low blow him. Like, we see something. <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about it. <laughs> all right. So now, top five. So, uh, Evolve Wrestling, that's uh, Matt Riddle. Is going to be here in our area Friday night. We're all going. We're having a, the boys are getting together on Friday. The lads, the boys are back in town. The lads are uh, gathering on Friday night. Uh, are we having a beer R. beforehand? Oh, uh, by the way, RIP to League of Nations. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean they didn't really do it like hey, the courtesy we're, we're, of like a formal well, breakup. They just on they did it. once again. Yeah, Clay, okay. Clay is doing the Aaron right. bit. I, I, I didn't Smackdown watch Smackdown. Doesn't exist. Um, yeah, Bruce is number one contender. Hey, all in. <laughs> I mean nobody's got a problem with that. I mean it sucks because you have the Zack Ryder moment. Yeah, and the U.S. title means nothing, right? right. I understand. But still, I like Rusev. Give me more, give me more Rusev. Once again, the title doesn't make the man, the man makes the title. The U.S. Open, I mean, the U.S. title meant everything when John Cena was, had it. Yes. Dude, I think Rusev is so U.S. Kalisto, yeah. Kalisto, he's doing the best job he can. But, but there's limitations there. Yeah. And, Rusev is a guy that could rejuvenate. Rusev is a monster. Rusev is everything. He should be wrecking shop. Most underrated person in WWE right now, and I was going—he's he, one of the best all around. No, I completely agree. Yep. All right, so here we go. Uh, in honor of Evolve Wrestling, we want to talk about wrestling evolutions. So our top five this week is top five characters who have evolved mm-hmm. in pro wrestling. All right, that's the direction that we're going. Uh, AJ, of course, now has to both start and finish our top five because Correct. that's the way he feels. Is that's the way it works on on the I'm show? Because I'm the goddamn the main, main event. event. So go ahead, if you would, please, AJ. You're number five. Number five, uh, man, started his career. It's pretty much like the all-American boy. He was an American hero. Um, and then took a darker turn mm. and was part of a faction that was really militant. Then he flipped it into a, a more of a, uh, I guess you, one would say an erotic turn. Ah, yes, yes. Before uh-huh. finally becoming a... Devastation that would win the world heavyweight title. Uh-huh. And we're talking, of course, of Mark Henry. Uh-huh. Mark Henry started as a U.S. Olympian. Yep. Great career. Great start. Mm-hmm. Then he joined the Nation of Domination because the whole all American boy doesn't seem to work unless you're white. No. 
And <laughs> Typically the way it is, yes. That's usually how that works. Uh, blonde hair, blue eyes, please. Yeah. Jack Swagger, yes. <laughs> so once he joined the Nation of Domination, he was the powerhouse of the Nation of Domination. Right. And then became sexual chocolate, which for some reason... Hey man, can only smell one flavor, Tutti Frutti. <laughs> it's just a really weird thing. That's <laughs> just the for way it works. For some reason, that, that defined his career for the rest of his career, probably because of the whole... Angle he did with Mae Young, which yeah. was just purely fantastic. Yeah, it was, yes. And then his best, in my opinion, part of his career was the Hall of Pain, which, yes, he stole from Brodus Clay, but Brodus Clay shouldn't have got busted. He shouldn't have got in trouble. It's uh, not his fault. Simple. Yep. So Mark Henry becomes the world heavyweight champion after starting as a failed black American hero. That is a fair point. Yep. That is quite the evolution for a character. I'm with yep. you. Uh, Aaron? Um, see, I took this more as kind of single evolutions, like single moment evolutions type thing. Mm. I started with someone who's... Well, yours is stupid. Not yeah, probably. So, so a very recent, and I thought it was a great evolution that took course over the, really the course of a month. That was the New Day. The New Day going from happy-go-lucky, you know, they the, did the, the certain... church part, until, you know, to doing that heel turn. Very slight tweak. They didn't tur- change much about it, but that very tweak made a huge evolution and they, of course, are it, what they are today. It's so funny because it, their whole thing started with just, okay, we're gonna just run. Well, we clap because so we don't snap. We're gonna we're gonna run down every town that we go into. Yeah, and they're not the first people to think of that. No, they won't be the last people. Probably to think not. That. But the way they did it was just so fantastic. Yeah, that it was only that a they matter did, of time. It, it wasn't a huge change. Their characters didn't change all that much, but just a slight little, you know, slight turn of the wrench there. And it completely changes everything. Uh, my number five is a man who was once a, um, and I've referenced him in a previous top five. This man served, and I'd, I'd still kind of confused by it, but he was a deacon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In, yes. In a church. He, he collected he, he, Yes, he collected money. The plate. Fact. And then would go on to not only be champion, but actually would go on to become Thrax the Destroyer, even beyond that. That, of course, being one, Deacon Batista, yes. uh, Big Dave, uh, is my number five on my list. It's quite the evolution sh- to go one day. Uh, just imagine you walk into church. Like, you know, I don't know if... if, if you, it's quite an evolution to go be the deacon right. and then be an evolution. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's an amazing evolution to end up in evolution. That is truly... Damn, evolution a, was my top choice. That's <laughs> <laughs> truly quite the evolution. No doubt about that. All right, you're number four. Number four is a member of the New Day. Oh, his name is Kofi Kingston. I'm familiar with him. First, he's, he's involved he was, in a few ways. First, he was a Jamaican with a Jamaican accent from Jamaica. Then he dropped the accent. And was questioned and, about that. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, now he's from Ghana. Right. Then, after doing all of that, and the kids still loved him all the way. Yeah, of course. Even though he was a liar about his identity. <laughs> kids still loved him. Went on to be now one-third of the greatest faction in the history of wrestling, which is the New Day. And hopefully the New Day will be together and continue being the greatest faction in Basically the history of forever, wrestling yeah. yes. for the rest of our lives. You know, we do the fight forever chant. We just might want to start doing like a live forever chant for the New Day. <laughs> live forever. Yeah. Talk forever. Yeah, correct. Talk. Oh, I like talk forever. That's a great chant. No, it is quite. I mean, he has certainly evolved uh, in the course of his yes. career. And do we still know actually where he's from? Or Technically Boston. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Very good. All right, number four, Aaron. Uh, right. My number four is, is my current character, pa- my favorite current character path, and that's one 
of Bailey. Bailey started out a fangirl. She was happy to be in the race, happy to be backstage, hugging all of her teammates. If she saw someone she knew, oh my god, she had to run up and hug them. Then she starts say herself. She starts getting in the ring. She starts evolving a little bit. Starts becoming, you know, more of an underdog figure. You know, not the best wrestler, but an underdog. She's picking up some wins. We get some losses. Then she sets herself on the title. She starts getting serious about. It. She starts adding some MMA moves to her arsenal. She starts getting serious. And now we get to see her evolve even more after losing the title. It is my single favorite character evolution because they haven't beaten you over the head with it. But you watch her matches as they go along. Completely different move set. I mean, I think it's, she'd make quite the evolution. There's no question about that. Um, I like. I think what's interesting about Bailey is I want to see where she evolves next. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what's her next evolution? Uh, my number four. Probably uh, WWE Women's Champion. Yeah, it might be the very well the next evolution for Bailey. My number four uh, is a man who has experienced a few re- uh, evolutions in his career. Um, he's been at one point like uh, a psychedelic preacher. Um, <laughs> he's been a man who would walk around with a pet sock. Um, he's been a lot of different things. Mick Foley has evolved. Unlike perhaps any character in the history of professional wrestling. I mean, he was literally three characters at once. Correct. The <laughs> evolution of McFoley has been something. Is that really an evolution, though, if you're three things at once? I guess that's true, right? You're not really evolving quite as much. But, you know, he would yes. go through the moments. No, I, I think the McFoley, I almost said the McFoley, just, just his uh, character evolution in ECW alone is phenomenal. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. But McFoley is my number four. Uh, my number three. This man was a Christmas tree. He was a Christmas tree and then somehow became a dentist who was somehow licensed to yank people's teeth out of their mouth. It was my number one, so I've got to adjust a few things on my (laughs) list. And then after that, he became a basically scorched face demon. That could literally control fire, except during a match. We've already discussed I kinda, that. I kind of right because for some reason <laughs> it's not available to him. And all the while, tried to kill his brother, but remained somehow besties. It's it's a really weird relationship. It's a it's a severe it's a super severe uh, evolution. Maybe. Yeah, it's uh, to go from a Christmas tree, right? Not a, not the way that a lot of guys start. <laughs> Believe it or not, most performers do not begin their careers that way. And then after becoming a Christmas tree, was able to then get a, uh, what do you call a certificate in dentistry? Uh, your DDS. I don't know what that's. They get a DDS. A license, yeah. And then from that point, to go on and become literally a demon. It is, and then it is, uh, become a corporate member of the WWE board whilst... Also being a demon still. And, and, and rocking those slacks. And just yeah. killing the slacks. Yeah, killing the slacks. Killing the slacks. I, it is a mar- remarkable. How about the evolution of his hair? That <laughs> is true, too. Yeah. There's First his go- hair was his. Right. Then it was fake. Then he was bald. Then his hair was fake again. Right. Then he was bald and had fake hair. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Or, or his I mean, There's so many evolutions with <laughs> no, him. No question. No question. He was my number one, so I'm going to drop him to my number three just All so right. I can – just for the, the betterment of the list. Indeed. Uh, my number three, guy who's uh, he's a surfer. He's loved by the fans. He's outspoken. He's wild. Then all of a sudden he's none of those things anymore in the course of a week. 
he goes to being silent. He's not colorful. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily care about the fans. He's not bombastic. He is Sting. Yeah, it is really weird how he just suddenly, <laughs> all of that color was gone. Like, just all just the, disappeared. There's nothing there. Yeah, absolutely. Every once in a while, he's sprinkling a little red. Red, right, a little red to mix it just up. But all of that color, just, just right His out of the His whole palette equation. just went. He was basically Dude Bailey. <laughs> like, pretty much the yeah. dude version of Bailey. And then all of a sudden just woke up one day and said, Color. Eh, nah. I'm, I'm feeling more I need brutish. need a trench coat. Today. I've gotten cold all of a yeah, sudden right. here. So I'll make Kane my number three, so I'll bring it back around to you, uh, AJ, for your number two. My number two is, we all know, you thought was going to be my number one, mm-hmm. which is the blue chipper. Yeah. It's my number two as well. Rocky Maivia. Who transformed into the greatest superstar our business has ever seen, bar none. The man has a app that you can download on your phone, I'm familiar. Yes, uh, yep, which yep. is literally a clock. They, he's so cool, he made clocks cool again. Well, when were clocks well, not cool? Hold on. Flavor Flav did a lot for How's clocks. You know, let's just phone. The boogeyman clocks. did a lot for clocks. He did a lot for clocks. The boogeyman. Phone clocks. All right. All right, fair enough. Look, I know nobody's debating you on The Rock. And you said it's your number <laughs> I have two my number well. two. Uh, my number two is a man who literally went from male cheerleader to WWE champion. <laughs> and was Dolph- a caddy in between. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler had quite the evolution. A very big one. Yeah, from being a guy that would make pyramids with other men. And, hey, man, whatever wrong with whatever you're into, you know what I mean? Like, if that's what you're, if that's what you're doing, God bless you. To a guy that uh, became the show-off, of course, and would go on to become champ. So he's my number and two. And not just the pre-show-off. Right. Not, no, exactly. Not like the pre-show stopper, right? Yeah. Uh, my number one, however, um, this man, I, you might not know this. This man is actually from, because I did not. I had to look it up. Um, he's actually from Maryland. Like, Born in Maryland. I did not, I was unaware of that until literally today. Gilbert? I was going to say Dwayne no, Gill is not my Dwayne book. Gill. Born, we who was, who we, was also on this week's episode of Edge and Christian Show. You fucking I've moron. I've been watching, uh, un, 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 Kimmy Schmidt. I've been watching Kimmy Schmidt, man. Uh, he's from St. Mary's County, Maryland. But for a time, you didn't know that because for a time, he was somehow Cuban. And actually, I guess from Miami. And for a time, he uh he flicked toothpicks into the crowd. I did, I did not, not know that. He was from Maryland. <laughs> Neither did I. The man evolved from Razor Ramon to Scott Hall and somehow magically was no longer Cuban. I don't know what <laughs> happened. I don't know where I mean like I still had the toothpick though. Yeah, he saw the toothpick. But I don't know like how you're one day just not Cuban anymore. You know, like my my family is Italian. I don't think we just wake up hey, one day and we're no cool. longer Yeah, right? And it was, it's just gone. Like, you know, he would still bring it back for, for nostalgia's sake, right? But it's the, the hey, entire yo. Cuban heritage just disappears, uh, with Rose, Razor Ramon. But yeah, he's from St. Mary's County. I had no effing idea that that was true. Yeah, that's uh, the great, a lot. the great Scott Hall. Yeah, we're going to need to talk to him before, uh, their appearance with MCW. Absolutely. We're going to need to have uh, Scott Hall on the program. But yeah, he's my number one. Uh, my top evolution, you have, Good-looking guy, flowing blonde hair, working for a millionaire, he holding his title in front of him. Then one day, shaves his head, starts hating authority, starts drinking beer, 
That yep. man is Steve Austin. Stevie Austin. <laughs> oh, Stevie Austin. S- slight difference there between yeah, uh, the ringmaster to Stone Cold Steve different. Austin. Black yeah. trunks and black boots would never work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> never not, work. Not his thing. All right, and your number one, sir? My number one. Without a doubt, the greatest evolution in the history of the business. Mm-hmm. Started as a voodoo priestess. Or I guess a priest. I was going to say priestess. Yeah. A voodoo priest. Yeah. Oh. Come on. Then became a militant a la Mark Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Then he literally became a... He was the human fighting machine, right? Pimp. Yeah, he did become a pimp. Yes. But he wasn't done there. No. He became a pimp and he had... Hoes, yes, that would win matches for him because and championships, and, frankly. Yes. And instead of wrestling matches, yes. he would literally just let his hoes take the man back to the dressing room, and he would win via. Oh, it, was, it was effective. I mean, it was yes. effective. Yes. You know, how did no one else ever think of this? I, I really have to question everyone you think else's decision. The Rock decision didn't maybe. have hoes. I mean, I let's prob- be probably had. You know, he had that run in with Lana. Of course, we know. <laughs> so after that, I'm not. For the record, I'm not saying that Lana's a hoe. Please, if Rusev's going to kill you, what, now. what is what is the chances of feminist that's listening to this show? If you're the oh, one, see, I thought you were. Uh, oh no, I'm worried about Rusev. Rusev. No, I'm worried about Rusev too. I mean, I don't want to. She's coming to Baltimore yeah. in a few weeks. All right. And then from there, decided, you know what? I'm living the wrong life. I really need to get my shit together. Yeah. I'm not doing a good job of showing kids what should be on. Correct. Time. So I'm going to join this little group. Provide censorship. And provide censorship. Yeah. And be, a, frankly, a good father. A good father. A good, like, good We, we have the good brothers now. Right, Did they yeah. come from the good father? I never put those two things together. That is a very valid argument. Yeah, we need to do some research on that. The good brothers may well. Yeah, I mean, you find the family tree. Right? Well, they, uh, would the good brothers be blood brothers, a la Sika and Afa? Boy, wow, we are going deep. <laughs> We're going deep. Um... No, I'm with you. And the then he, went legit, he, he brought back the hose, but they were legitimate hose this time. Yeah. Right, right. After yeah, that. legit hose, of course. <laughs> of course, the legit hose. All right, there you go. That's number one. All right, great week. Uh, if you missed anything, um, you know, screw you. I don't know how you miss anything. You, it's a podcast. I just realized that it's not like a radio show where you can miss something. It's a podcast. You listen to the whole damn show. But uh, we'll get it all. If, if you just want to go back and listen to one of the interviews, we will uh, get those up as well. Uh, AJ, let's start with you with the plugs. You're on Twitter. At AJ Francis 410. And of course, let's uh, plug our boy Steve Miggs, his show. Miggy, 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 KISW. in Seattle. BJ and Miggs, plus uh, the Miggs cast and the Mega cast. Check those out. Yeah, Miggs, uh, you know. That's like our I dude. Said, whenever I get out to Seattle and you owe me a beer, so <laughs> I know you hear this. <laughs> All right, uh, Aaron, let's uh, get plugs in. Uh, you're on Twitter. The Aoster. And we're on Twitter. Jobbing Out Show. Our email is? Jobbing Out Show at gmail.com. And what do you have coming up at the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? Uh, I'll be writing some Evolve stuff. I'm going to be doing uh, something similar to what I did with the Wait, are you Are you working on Friday? Um, a little bit. Not a ton, but well, a little. I was going to say, I'm drinking beer. Well, I can work while drinking. Oh, fair enough. All right. I mean, if, okay. yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm drinking, and I'm hollering things at the ring. Like, that's the way this is going to go on Friday night. Is he, Isn't that wrong with that? Yeah. They might kick your ass, though. Uh, sure. I, I mean, I'm, it's I'm totally just, possible. Saying, there, there are some guys there who will. Just... We got to see Drew before the show. He okay. told us that we needed to see him, right? We're gonna see all of them. All right, good. It's it's gonna be a great show. It's gonna be awesome. All right. I, I can work while drinking. I'm capable of that thing. Yeah, but are you arranging things for us? We're gonna show up there and like you know we're allowed in and that's the end of it. Like we need to have some stuff arranged. 
Do I need to step in here? Do I need to? I, mean, I, I don't. I you, I was not aware of it. I thought we were drinking. Well, I want to. Yeah, I want to drink, but I want to go through a high fives. I want to say hello to the guys. They're, they're, they're all gonna be at their merch tables. What? It's, it's not the same. I gotta wait in the line. Who wants to wait in the line? I'm with the. I'm the fucking main event. I'm with the main event. Do they not lines. know that? Well, hold on. What do you want to do? Get there early and not drink beers? Well, we could do both, right? I mean, we could stop in and say hello. One can simultaneously drink a beer and. Yeah, I mean, I can. I can. I can do both. There's no reason why we can't do both. We'll work it out. Just talk to talk to your boy and see All what's right. going on. All right. All right. Uh, we'll be at Evolve on Friday night at the MSW Arena, uh, DGUSA.TV, to find out more and to get your tickets. Uh, thanks to Matt Riddle for joining us. Thanks to Drew Galloway for joining us as well. Green Jeff Jarrett. Drew Galloway Jesus, was last Drew Galloway was last week. I got Drew Galloway on my mind for some reason. Thanks to Jeff Jarrett for joining the show as well. Uh, come see us Friday. Come see us Friday. Buy us a beer. Follow me on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. GlennClarkRadio.com is the website with two N's. For uh, those guys, for both Matt Riddle and for Jeff Jarrett, for Aaron Oster, and for the main event, Vince. AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This is Ben jobbing out. Jobbing out.